From the Shepherd House International in Georgetown, Guyana, Bishop Victor Connors Asabre, anointed by God, will inspire you with rare and down-to-earth but provoking teachings from the Word of God to love the Lord deeply and to devote yourself to His work. Discover how God can change your life and ministry forever. Now, here is Bishop Collins. not be looking for water. You see, what we have done in our Guyanese churches is that we have allowed people to remain babies. So we provide water at the back of the church for people to go and drink water whilst the service is going on. You, you, can't, you can't follow a service for an hour or two hours without drinking water. Then you're a child. And if you're a child, I'd rather raise you up until you become an adult rather than meet your needs as a child. Because children bring confusion. That's why there's no water in our church here. Because I am not going to supply the childlike nature. I am not going to encourage it. Because if you encourage children, they will cause... Let me tell you, children will leave light on. They will leave the tap on running. Children don't understand bills. They don't understand what goes into running a house. And so, if you are going to follow... The church, church members who are children. You follow them, you make them a golden calf. And God will be very angry with you. And so, and that's what we've been looking at. That if you are going to run a church, you have to have the gift of a pastor. And with the gift of a pastor, you need seven things. One of them is ruling. So when people come to the church and they are part of the church, you don't follow them. They follow you. And if you say no water, it's no water. You will not die. You will, I, tell, I promise you, I prophesy, you will never die in the church. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor King, <laughs> good to see you. You know that. But you see, what has happened is that we have pastors in town who always do what the church members want. That's why the conference is not one day. You can see the crowd yesterday and today. It shows you what I'm going to talk about just now. Yeah. Ashes, can you please help them to because they should know where to even pass. Because in this church, we know where people should pass. Before I realize people are passing here. <laughs> Don't you see that you, you you in some churches they do that? People walk straight in front and they just pass. There is no there is no awareness of anything. If people are going to go to the washroom, they have to use the back and go around. Not true because it's so distracting. And everybody knows that you are going there. Am I, am I correcting? Am I using correction? So I was saying that when you have the ministry of, of when you have the ministry of a teacher, if you are if you are a pastor who corrects your rod, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The comforting comes from the correction, and by that people will think that you are too rigid. You control people, but that is what I am supposed to do as a shepherd. 
a shepherd must control sheep. Shepherds don't allow sheep to just go all over. Otherwise, at the end of the day, you will not find even one of your sheep. And, and I know that many of our people here don't like that for the lingering effects of slavery. And so they can't look to the Bible and understand that control or having things under control is a spiritual thing. Lack of control is lawlessness. And in the kingdom of God, there's no lawlessness. There's nobody in heaven who doesn't go when God calls them. There's nobody like that. And when there's a meeting in heaven, then those people now, they are in their room sleeping. There's nothing like that in heaven. Cherubims and the seraphims, they say, God, it's too early. We'll come later. There's nothing like that. There's order. There's synchrony. Everything is done in line and in order. The Bible says God is not the author of confusion. But you see that the churches we pastor, there's a lot of confusion there. By the way, we don't throw garbage around. There's no place. We, in fact, we provided one bin over there. So if you have anything to throw away, don't throw it around. This is not garbage dump. There's a green, big, if you have eyes to see, there's a green, big container where you've provided garbage to be positioned in there. Last night when I was going, I saw somebody pass something behind them and they threw it like that. Yeah, yeah, right there. And I told, I told the guy who was driving, I said, look, look, look. You, you please, you can't do that here. If we allow that, this whole place will be garbage. The fact that we have trees and grasses doesn't mean that it's a garbage dump. No, no, it's not a garbage dump. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Georgetown, okay. <laughs> it's not a Siwa. Yeah. <laughs> so, just to you know, remind you of yesterday and then we take off from there. God bless you for coming. Today's a working day. I take someone who is serious to take the day out and come for a conference. Especially if the person is in ministry and the person is a, a Christian. Yeah. Yeah, some people say they call their bosses and they had a hangover. They had a party last night. <laughs> what you don't understand is that your boss can fire you when he wants to fire you. <laughs> yeah. And that if you don't work there, the, the business will continue to run. Yeah, with or without you. I've taught my, I've taught my church members that. I, I actually don't like excuses. I don't like to take excuses when it comes to God. Yeah, you must make a way. Where there is a will, there's always a way. Yeah, don't, 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 don't come and tell us that it's not possible. It, 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 you do other things. You do other things in your time and in your convenience. The things that you like, you do them. Is this that you say you don't have time for? It's like money. People say, I I, I don't have money. No, they don't have money for that. They have money for something else. You don't have money for TV, but you go to court and you take a TV. Nothing down. Fridge, big fridge that you can't even fill it in your house. So we looked at Ephesians 4 11, isn't it? The Bible says that God gave gifts unto men when Jesus ascended. And he gave some to be apostles, 
Some to be prophets. Some to be what? Evangelists. Some to be pastors and teachers. And then I like the New Living Translation that says that their responsibility, isn't it? Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. That, oh, their responsibility is to equip God's people. So you can't have a church three years, four years, five years, and you don't have leaders. And I'm not, I'm not saying people who you call leaders, but people who are capable of doing things. Capable. That shows your level of equipping and you're following the Bible. Hallelujah. And we say that if you look at the fivefold ministry, for example, in our country, and, and please understand that as I preach, I address some things that I've seen around for the last 16 years. And it is helpful to those who receive it because you, you have to be quick to believe and quick to obey. See, we have people around us who have not gone anywhere to take us there. Am I, am I saying something? In ministry, you have to associate with people who have what you are trying to get. You have to be an opportunist when it comes to ministry. <laughs> because God didn't call us to just be, you know, hanging around and not doing anything. That is why Bishop Daggett Mills, in the early days, um, went to Korea, South Korea, to the church group conference. And he says he's been going to the conference every year for the past almost 20 years. Because what he saw in Korea, a pastor with 800,000 people, that, that was, at that time, he, he had the largest church, Yonggi He said, even if I've heard what he's saying before, I'll still go. And now, the bishop that I have, my spiritual father, his ministry is beyond, beyond boundaries. You can't, you can't, you don't even understand how he does what he does. Because even though he went to a conference first time, he's been going to the conference for 20 years. He says he doesn't care. He will go and sit down. Even if he's heard the things they are saying, he said he will go. Because to him, there's something around. There's something, there's something. It may not be the message. It may be something he will see. So he will go. But you see, what we do, that, that doesn't even make us go do well. That if you go to a conference, the first day you go, the other days you don't even go. You go to a conference one year, the next year you don't go. Because you have not had revelation about why you go to such a place. Solomon said, I went to the field of the sluggard. And I receive instruction. That a little sleep, a little slump, a little folding of the arms, poverty will come to you like a traveler. When you go to places, you see things. And you cannot think of things you have not seen before. That's why you depend on visions. How many people get visions? But if you expose yourself to things, you see that God will transmit information from what you are saying into your spirit so that you'll be motivated to also do similar things. So when people don't have time to go to places, they don't do well in ministry also. (laughs) 
I'm glad I'm, I also came this morning. So, the apostle, the prophet, which we have a lot in Guyana, the first two, because, because the apostle said that God has set in a church first apostles, secondarily prophets. So nobody wants to be third or fourth, at least number one or number two. At least number one or number two. So you see that people just call themselves prophets and apostles. Just like that. But okay, let's say that it's not even just like that. That's fine. But if you are going to run a church, you need the one that doesn't seem so impressive. You need the pastor. Because the, the, the Greek word for pastor is poemen, which means a headsman or a shepherd. If you are going to run a church, you need more than an apostle or even a prophet. A prophet sees and he speaks. That's all. Unless a prophet adds the foundation of ministry, which is preaching and teaching. But people like prophets because people like movies. People like magic. People like to see Baku. People like to see the zombie. So when he said, I have a word for you. You are more important than somebody who says, come sit down. The Bible says that for God so loved the world. I could come next week. But if you say, bring oil. I see Baku following you. You see that when they do the conference, you are there. You are there for the conference. Because somebody will see Baku around you. That is why we do deliverance every week and we have not thought about whether it makes sense or not. I don't think deliverance every week makes sense. Evangelism every week makes sense. Not deliverance every week. Did Jesus call you to come and cast out devils? He said, you did not choose me, I chose you. That you should go forth and bring, you should go and bring forth fruit, not to cast out devils. And that your fruit should remain. So that is why for many years I did not enjoy going around visiting churches, going to people's anniversary and flowing with people. I, I have not done that for many years because at the end of the day I have to see what I have remaining. Because that is what will assess, that is what will speak of me as to what God called me to do. So if I don't have friends, it's okay. As long as I have fruits, I am okay. Well, some people like friends and they don't have fruits. So we zeroed in on the, the pastor. And the Bible says, Matthew 9, 30 says that when Jesus saw the multitude, he had compassion on them because they were scattered, they fainted, they were, they what, they, they fainted what, and they were like scattered like sh- uh, what, sheep without a pastor. So it's a pastor who actually brings people together. Not the apostle, not the prophet, not the evangelist, not the, not, not the teacher. It's a pastor who's, of course, apostle breaks the grounds. He's the one who said, apostolic ministry is also, what I'm doing is apostolic ministry. But I, I don't call myself an apostle. I have every right to, to call myself apostle bishop. Apostle bishop teacher. Prophet, whatever. <laughs> apostle bishop. Because what I'm doing is apostolic ministry. I was living in Europe and I was sent. Apostle means somebody who is sent, a delegate. I was delegated to come here 
and to do church work. Plant churches, raise people, win souls. So I'm doing apostolic work. And I have proof to show that I'm doing apostolic work. But I don't refer to myself as an apostle. Because my main thing is to gather people and to teach them and to raise them up. And if I have to break grounds, I'll break grounds. But I'll stay and preach and teach and raise people. So if you don't have the pastoral grace, which is a gift God has given, your church will never do well. And so don't start a church if you have the prophetic ministry and you can't preach and teach. Because miracles is not what a church runs on. A church is built on the word of God. Systematic teaching, preaching, exposition, exposure, revelations, ministry, teaching the word of God. Jesus, when he resurrected from the dead, he was talking to Peter. He said, if you love me, feed my sheep, not cast out devils from them. Feed my sheep, John chapter 21. And so if Guyana is going to have, you see, if Guyana is going to have an impact, if we are, the church is going to have an impact in Guyana, we will have to start to believe God for the pastoral grace. Because that is what brings people together. One of, one of the things, I mean, it is, it is a certain style, but one of the things that you even, you never see churches gather in a large amount. You never see that. And we have churches that have hundreds of denominations, hundreds of branches around. 70s of branches, and you know them. But to bring everybody together, it takes a pastor to do that. Yeah. Pastor with a rod, not a pastor without a rod. Are you still here, or you've gone home? So a pastor must have seven things. We learned that yesterday. Isn't it? Poimen. The seven ministries of a pastor, of a shepherd. The ruling ministry. The Bible says, if you can't rule your own house well, it means that if you can't control your wife, you can't can't be a pastor. And many pastors are controlled by their wives. And if a woman controls you, you are just like Adam. All of us will be in sin. You'll be like Samson. Your anointing will go. You'll be like Ahab, who was controlled by Jezebel. Or Herod, who was controlled by Herodias. There are more examples in the Bible. Did you know that most of the women in the Bible were bad women? Starting from our grandmother Eve. (laughs) Most women were bad women in the Bible. From Eve to Lot's wife to Delilah, Atalia, Jezebel. Women are more bad in the Bible than good. Yeah, and in the New Testament, it's only Priscilla and Aquila who were a couple who were doing ministry. There was nothing like husband and wife doing ministry. Wife is domestic. It is because we can't raise people in the church. That's why we like our wives to be our sister. Because you can't raise people. You can't give birth to people spiritually. The church doesn't depend on my wife. If she can stay home, it's okay. She can cook from morning to night. The church will run. I'll have people to help me. 
I don't need hair in a church. You can actually go to another branch. You can go to Raphael's church. <laughs> I'm not saying that because I don't love my wife. I've been with her for 27 years. By the grace of God. But I'm talking ministry. I'm talking how Adam was the one who was given an instruction about the apple and yet he ate the apple from the woman who came later. And how Delilah asked Samson about his, his strength three times. He said, Samson, come dodo, come dodo, Samson dodo, Samson dodo. <laughs> a rubbing head, a rubbing head. <laughs> Women are very important. They are very important in our lives. But they are not the Holy Spirit. They are not God. They are not the head of the home. And what I'm saying is Bible I'm saying. I'm not saying African tradition or, or uh, La Shepherd House. I'm talking Bible. Except that for many of the biblical things, you don't practice them. Because you are not strong. Huh? A pastor must have ruling abilities. Joey, are you there? Is it working? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> A pastor, because the rod and the staff are the symbols of the pastoral ministry. And they are functions of the rod and functions of the staff. A rod, he said, he shall root he shall rule with a rod of what? Of iron. The rod of iron. Yeah. The next one is the way-making ministry, isn't it? That a pastor makes way for his church members. Yeah. Number three is the territory-taking ministry. You can't take, if you can't take territories, you are not a pastor. You have to use your rod to, to take the ship to a different level. Yeah. Have to take your ministry to another level is territory taking and then the comforting ministry where you are there for them when they are sad and when they are happy and all of that you are there to comfort them you are like the holy spirit and they have the measurement ministry where we say that you have to assess yourself i got a few messages last night after these things people are saying that you know they would do better and all that's so, okay yeah, you have to do better because you have to assess yourself don't you have to be objective about your ministry who are you? Are you a prophet? Then focus on prophesying if you can't pastor. Don't be a dentist and want to do uh, abdominal, you want to uh, deliver babies when you're a dentist. It's only in the ministry where people, anybody starts a church, no matter the gift they have. Because people are proud. They want to be on their own. And that's one thing I've learned in Guyana. Most Guyanese men want to work for themselves without understanding the, the complexities that comes with working for yourself. It's pride. They don't want to work under anybody. That's how many of them are poor also. Because it takes something. You see, that which cannot even make you marry a woman and have children and, and raise a home, that is the same thing that can make you do well in business. No matter how free you are, you want to be and to start things. Has the conference started already? Uh, conference has started. Okay. Day, day two. All right. <laughs> Uh, the, the two session one. 
ticket. You have a ringside ticket. Ah, ringside ticket. <laughs> it has started already. <laughs> are you with me? And so that pride makes many pastors who are not doing well walking around without anything, does not want to submit, does not want to learn, does not want to let anybody, nothing. You see, I have a friend who was, is trying to do a building project. He's trying to get four acres of land and build a church building. Very great vision. But if he was to talk to me, I support him. But he has never asked me anything before. Because I have nine acres here. If you want four, you have to talk to the person who has nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to play professional cricket? You have to talk to those who have played cricket before. Yeah, you have to, you have to talk to them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Carve it. <laughs> When I want to do, when I have some church business and this, it's, it's, I, I do it. I call him and say, Calvin, this, this, what do you think? So, yeah, Bishop, he come in. Then he will, he will do it. No, no, no. He, he, he wants to build a church on a four-acre land. But he doesn't have the land yet. And his congregation is not even 100 people. The, what my friend has failed to realize is that if you don't build a church, you can't have money to do anything. One of his strategies is to approach business people to contribute to the church project. Demons don't give money to Christians. Zabat, all that we have done here has been church money. I have, I have never gone to any business. And that's what Christians in Guyana do. You see people on TV who can't be on TV. It's businesses that are putting on TV. There's no, people don't go on TV because the church is paying for it. The church is poor. Because we are doing the church by what we think the church, this is how to do the church. And so you see all the ministers and all these people who are on radio and whatever, including Dean and all these people, it is people, business people who are supporting them. I'm not saying business people shouldn't support you, but there should be business people in your church. People you have oversight, you have oversight over, control over. Because one day they will tell you you don't have money. What happens to your ministry? Even us who are here, people leave the church all the time. How much more somebody who's giving you money to be on air to say things that he doesn't like? To say things that he doesn't like. I speak the way I speak because there's nobody supporting me who is saying I can't say something. There's nobody like that. <laughs> I'm free. That's not, that's, I'm not, nobody's doing me a favor. The one who's doing me a favor is the one who is up there. The God himself who called me and anointed me. So I speak. I don't have anybody who is in the church and so I can't speak. There's nobody like that in my life. There's nobody like that in my life. It's only God I fear. Everybody else I don't fear. I'm not afraid of. Yeah. Oh, you're afraid of people? No, no, no. <laughs> John the Baptist had that boldness. He told Herod, you have, mar- you have married your brother's wife. It is wrong. From that day, Herodias started hating him. So when the, the daughter, Herodias' daughter danced, 
and the father said, I'll give you anything you want. The woman said, tell, tell he you want John the Baptist's head. <laughs> the woman hated the boldness that John had. And Jesus said, there's nobody born of a woman who is greater than John the Baptist. He, died, he even died very young, but he's the greatest of all that have been born of a woman. So, you have to assess yourself. Assess yourself. Assessment. Assess yourself. Whether you are in the right place. Don't, don't. Ministry is so important. Ministry is so critical. Ministry is, ministry is, you are either going to be sent to a place in heaven that you will not be happy, or you will rejoice. And therefore, you have to be very careful how you just go every day without assessing yourself. A pastor assesses himself. Jesus said, how many of you have a hundred sheep? Ninety-nine will come home. And one is left out there. We'll not leave the ninety-nine. How many of our members are out there that we don't care about? People's life are in your hands. It is more critical than the prophetic or even the apostolic because the apostle keeps moving. He keeps moving. We rather have to use bishop because bishop is overseer. Because many people I see around are more bishops than apostles. I see apostles who have never traveled anywhere to do anything. I have come from Europe. I should be apostle to the power too. Apostle, apostle. I left Europe to come here. At least I have gone somewhere. There are people here who have not gone anywhere, but they call themselves apostles. The church they started is the church they've been inside, and now they call themselves apostles. Where did you go that you are called an apostle? The people who were called apostles in the Bible analyze their lives and see. What, 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 is your, what is your benchmark? What are you using to call yourself a name? I'm a bishop because all these people are pastors. All these people are my pastors. I'm a pastor of pastors. That's why I am a bishop. It's not because I feel big and I want bishop, bishop. No, 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 no. It's just very... You can't can't call yourself a wife when nobody has married you. And that's what we are doing in our churches. Wife, you know husband. It is the husband who qualifies you to, to be called a wife. Your mistress or missus comes from the fact that the man has married you, has chosen you, and has married you. And so if you're an apostle, let's define apostle. Who is an apostle? Not somebody who started a church for 15 years. You are in the same church. You've not done anything apostolic. Is it because you started that one church that you call yourself apostle? Then please call me apostle to the age power. (laughs) For all the churches I've started. (laughs) No, I, I, so I am actually using my teaching gift now. What I'm doing is I'm teaching. Instructor. The Bible calls the teacher didaskalos. It means an instructor. And when, when you are not humble, when you are instructed, you get annoyed. Yeah, you feel proud. Why is he talking like that? Why is he saying what he is? If you don't have the spirit of humility, you'll be angry with me. Instead of being quick to believe and quick to obey and quick to hear. I'm telling you 
There's so much to probably lose or whatever for me to do what I'm doing than to stay in my church Sunday after Sunday without talking to anybody. There's, there's a lot of things I don't even need that I will get. Because with the, with the mobilization of this whole conference, what people have said about me that I am surprised. It's amazing. I didn't know that people thought about me like that. Yeah, I never knew. Somebody said, he, somebody, a pastor told one of my pastors, he said he used to live in Isla Penitence where I pastored for 13 years. He said he came to the church one or two times. He was casting out the devil one day and what was revealed, I don't have a spirit and he would never come to the conference. He doesn't have the spirit I have indeed. He will pray for somebody who, has, who comes to my church or has been to my church. He will never do that for, you don't take somebody's patient and work on them. You're a thief as a pastor if you do that. Ask them. Where is your, I, people don't come to me for deliverance, you know. I'm not stupid. All you are coming to me for is de- deliverance. Are you, like I'm a, I'm a dangle or something. You just want sex me and galang your way. I'm a dangle bishop or a dangle pastor. You want deliverance, so you are coming to me. But you don't come to the church. The gift that I have is for the sheep God has given to me, not for those outside. Not for those outside. I don't do that. I don't, I don't trespass. You must be in the fold. I don't do weddings of people who don't come to the church. You should see my wedding book. I do one for one year, another year one. When you look at it, two years, I've done two weddings. The book is not there for to be writing, to be writing. My head is on. I can't just come and say, your husband and wife, $10,000. $10,000 10, can feed me? $10,000 can feed me? No, yesterday a pastor, a, pastor came, a pastor came to me and he said, it's a man of God. What I see here, I'm blown away. I want to write a check of 100000 and give you. Give me your, give me your bank, uh, 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 church address. I give it to him. He's a visitor. This is his first time coming here. He says, he's so, what he's seeing he, so, he wants to sow $100,000. And you will come and go. You won't even do anything. <laughs> you are even annoying as you came here. You are going. <laughs> yeah. You pay registration $5,000. You want water to drink. They sell water outside. <laughs> we are not afraid to call it registration. We are not afraid at all. There's nothing. If you go and see a lawyer, you pay. You go and see a doctor, you pay. I went, to, I went to see a dentist the other day. I said, I came for consultation. When he finished examining my mouth, the bill, if, if I allow him to touch my, my teeth, I was going to pay about $500,000. Yeah. He, said, he said, sir, this thing is not good. Sir, this thing has to be fixed. Sir, I said, please, I like my teeth, so let me. <laughs> it's, uh, one consultation for almost $500,000. <laughs> if we are afraid of money, we wouldn't have what we have here. No, no, no. Yeah, no. When he put it together, I said, I said, I said, you see, this, I said, this one is more important to you. Fix it. And then, this one hot takes. <laughs> he fixed it, he said 30,000. I said, no problem. I paid 10,000. Huh? I said, let me take a picture of all the things you found and how much. So when I get money, I come and say, okay, do this for me. <laughs> Lay away plan. <laughs> Lay away plan. <laughs> yeah. 
You will never tell the dentist that he's collecting money. When you come to the church, you want everything free. You want water at the back. What do you need water for? Are you writing notes? Do you have a pen and paper to write notes that you're asking for water? I hope that in your classroom in school, they have water at the back in the classroom and you drink. You buy it. Because school is training. You have come here for training. And one of the part of the training is that you don't get water where you want it. We give water how we have to give water. We are the ones leaving, not you. Break time we drink water. Break time we have lunch. That's how we do it. Order. Training. <laughs> is it working? So these people are excited. <laughs> and these are my pastors. I have a lot of them. <laughs> what else? And then you have measurement. And you have what? Something. Where is Master? You have the Ministry of Correction, isn't it? You have to correct people. You have to correct. You, you have to correct people in the church. If people come late, you should correct it. Yeah. You see that we are in our churches, we don't correct who? People answering phone calls, people drinking uh, uh, cokes, people eating pulori. Somebody can go out and, as the church service is going on, pulori is still being sold outside. Canteen is open when the service is going on. You don't know how, how angry God is with you. If only you are sensitive. Pulori is sold after church. Correction. I tell my young men, if you see a girl in the church, don't go and talk to them about you like them. There's no funeral parlor here. <laughs> like it. You see somebody, you like them? Come and talk to me. Maybe somebody already has come to talk to me about a person already that you are seeing. So you, you can't just assume before you go, then you're actually going to mess up the church. Yes. One day I discovered a young guy in a church. Slept with five of my church members. He was going to the sixth person and then he was exposed. Now he's insulting me like I'm a bad person. When after all of that, I married, I officiated his wedding in a church. Has helped him. He has two children. I even used him to start a church here. Now he's telling all, say all, all kinds of bad things about me. I should have killed him when I discovered he slept with five of my church members. I should have taken a gun and shoot him in the head like that. Boom! Five girls in the church slept with them with deceit and deception and wickedness. Now, if you see him, it's bad things he says about me. He says, I want money to, to, to counsel his, him in his marriage. I don't have anything to do with his marriage ever. He should go down the drain. He should, he should sink down, down into the grave. You will see what fathers mean in life. We, we, we are watching him. We'll see. You slept with five church members. It's the sis girl who was very naive. So she spoke, she told somebody about it. And the person said, boom, boom, no, 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 no. And she came to tell me. And I called all the girls into my office. Come and see crying and weeping. Your brother in the church quietly having sex. Now today I'm a bad person. Let me not, 
Don't let me review your, the record you, you have around here. Rewind. <laughs> no, I expected that at least he would have been one of the most humble, uh, faithful people around. He said, if I look at what God has forgiven me for, you know, it's like, I mean, Bishop, I don't know where else I would have, I, I, I could go with all these bad things I've done. And after that, you have, you have blessed a marriage and I have children. Bishop, I mean, I will die with you. Now, I'm a bad person. To him, I'm a bad person. I'm a bad person. See all kinds of things about me out there. And I know more things about him apart from the five girls he slept with in the church. He should come and stand in front of me and talk nonsense. (laughs) You have to correct people. Correct people. If you can't correct, you can't be a pastor. A pastor corrects. The rod, the rod, thy rod and thy staff that comforts me. The Lord is my shepherd. It's, it, it stands for correction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, encourage, I encourage my church members. I said, if you're a man, you should show yourself a man. In fact, to the extent that I think I mentioned it yesterday, I said, most of the sex you have as a man, you should be on top. Don't let her be on you. Because the girls here like be on top all over the place. <laughs> Tell her she, she should rest herself. <laughs> you lie down. <laughs> You make me to lie down. <laughs> yeah, for many of the young people and maybe those, I don't know about the older ones, the women are in control. So I encourage my men, I said, make sure that your salary is more than your wife's salary. My salary is more than my wife's salary. She runs a nursing school. I run a whole international organization. How can she earn more than me? So she can't talk in the house. When she talks, I said, which one of these things did you buy? And she doesn't like to use her money, so everything is me money she wants. <laughs> you know, she wants her own money. I don't, I don't ask her for anything. I do almost everything in the house. You get it? And then, you see, she comes and says, you could give me a thousand? I said, me got no thousand. <laughs> I said, where is your money? This is at the bank. I said, now go and collect it. I said, oh, the bank is far. I said, me give you no money. <laughs> I thought you're coming from work. You should have gone to the bank and collect the money and come home. <laughs> because to be a man is not just your physical looks. It's your responsibilities and what you stand for. Yeah. You must be a man. Yeah. A, a woman can control me. There's no woman who can control me, including my mother. Of blessed memory. One morning, we went home for holidays from Europe. And then, 
we, we, we arrived about 3 a.m. in the house. We had two, two little girls. So, mommy was tired. And it was my house. It was my parents' home. So, by 6.30, I was up. And she was to see mommy and daddy. And she was resting. When I went to the kitchen, my mother was cooking, making breakfast. Then the first thing she asked me is, where is she? <laughs> Dad, where is she? I said, she's, she's sleeping. At this time? I said, mommy, I beg you. We came for holiday, right? Please, no stress, all right? No stress. <laughs> the lady is tired. She can't sleep? No, 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 no. It's like you have come home here, so you have to wake up 5 a.m. and sweep and cook and wash and clean. That's the image we have of wives. I said, no, we came for holiday. I mean, mom, first day. We've not even woken up and you're already trying to row. <laughs> ah. So even your mother, you should be able to control your mother when it comes to your ministry and your marriage. He said, mommy, I chose her. I didn't choose you. You'll be in trouble. Huh? You'll, be... <laughs> You'll be in trouble. I thank God for my mother. I mean, as much as I was a bad boy, there was no woman I would bring home that she would not like. Yeah, she used to like all, most of the girls I bring home. You cook for them and I have them. You know how mothers inspire them too. Yeah. But there are some women, there are some mothers. No girl can come around you. It's true. If you were in Africa, we would tell you your mother is a witch. But we can't say it in Guyana because you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand how your mother wants to marry you. Or is married to you spiritually already. The feeding ministry. A pastor feeds. You must be, you see, every Sunday you must be preaching. Don't leave the cooking of the meal to anybody but you. Should I say it again? There's only one breast a baby can drink from. Only from the mother's breast. You can't have a church where somebody preaches sometimes and somebody preaches sometimes. This is not democracy. This is not parliament. The pulpit is not parliament. No matter where I go, Sunday must find me in my church. I hardly preach outside on a Sunday. Hardly will I preach outside on a Sunday. It must be very important to me to preach outside my church on a Sunday. You see, it's not like I don't have anywhere to preach. I'm not asking for you to invite me to your church because preaching, I can have... Please, can you tell them for me? <laughs> I can preach. I can. I, I can preach here, Monday to Monday. Yes, and I have branches all over. I can go to all of the branches and be preaching. As I'm here, they want me to come to Georgetown. Those from Babies wants me to come all over the place. Preaching? You are first. Okay. <laughs> no, but I like to preach right here where God has given to me because the work I do outside as much as it's a good work this is what I can show that is my fruits 
I can come and water the plants over there. I'll get a blessing for that. But to show God what I have done with my ministry, it's not what is in somebody's farm. It is what is in the farm that he has given to me. Hey, you have to understand it. If you're a pastor, if you're you a prophet, it may be different. But if you're a pastor, one of the major places you should be preaching is your own church. Don't be deceived by people inviting you to come and preach, come and preach. That's not, not much in that. You have to get your house in order. Your house must be in order. I said, your house as a man of God must be in order. It must be difficult to remove you to preach somewhere on a Sunday morning. You see the conference started already, isn't it? So those are the five, seven things that if you are going to lead a group, you are going to lead a congregation, you need it. You can't lead a group of people called a church and you don't operate in these seven things. Your church won't do well. Your church won't do well. And if you are not a pastor, leave the church. Maybe you should outsource the church to somebody. <laughs> Don't be proud to pastor a church when you don't have the gift of a pastor. It's either you have it or you, you practice it. You learn and practice it. It's possible. But if you're not interested in practicing it, I can tell you 20 years, you don't have anything to show. And there's nobody that you give two girl sheep and two boy sheep, if he's a good shepherd, will not get a hundred in a few years' time. When God gives you 10 people, after 10 years, they are still 12. They are still 10. There's something missing about your ability to take care and to tend sheep. There's something about it. By the grace of God, I walked into this country with my helper and two girls. As a seed, I was planted here. And whatever you are seeing or whatever you know about me has been as a result of God's grace upon my life and moving forward I must have some pastoral gift to have people gathered I must have something I must have something for people to follow me all the way from Georgetown to Kananami to Poda and sit down and listen to me from morning to evening I must have something I, I, even you as a minister you can't sit down for the whole day you cannot Pastor Sam said it last night. It's not you can't. You're a pastor. You are, you can't sit down all day. You, see, you know what it tells me? It tells me that even as a pastor, your ministry, your personal ministry, you don't have time for God. That's what it tells me. It means that the moments you spend with God is just fifteen or twenty minutes for the whole day. Apart from that, everything else you are busy. That's a reflection. That's a reflection. To be able to sit in one place for hours means that when you are going to give God time, you can be with God for hours also. If you can't sit in the church for teaching and preaching for three hours, for four hours, for five hours, you are busy, I can tell you your prayer life is nothing. I can tell your prayer life by that. And I think I'll be correct. Your ministry is first to God. 
as a pastor is first to God before the people. You don't receive from God, you can't tell the people anything. And you can't just go to God for five minutes and say, God, I, I, I'm in a hurry, please give me what I have to speak. Five minutes and let me go. The people are waiting for me. No, Moses went to be with God for 40 days and 40 nights. And three hours we can't sit in a church for a conference or for a teaching. Our church members will also not be, they will also be babies. They'll be moving around the place just like you. Am I preaching? <laughs> All right. The next thing I believe a pastor needs to also be able to do is to sacrifice. If you are going to amplify your ministry, you need to understand and practice and be involved in sacrifices. You can't go anywhere if you don't sacrifice. You can't go anywhere. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. If any man, we had a lot of rain yesterday, isn't it? And it continues today. Wow. We had wonder some sun, isn't it? Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him first deny himself. If you're going to follow Jesus, the first thing you do is to deny yourself. Deny yourself. It means that what you like, what you prefer, what you are used to, you have to separate yourself from it. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. The cross is not carnival. The cross is not mashramani. You see, we are not able to deny ourselves as pastors. You see, I don't want to sound like I'm against family because I have family. <laughs> if I didn't have family, you would tell me that I don't have But for me, holidays are not family times. And the real family is the, is the spiritual family and not the physical family. My father didn't teach me how to preach. It's my spiritual father who taught me how to preach. My father sent me to school to learn physics, chemistry, biology. Yeah. But he never gave me a Bible and gave me a microphone. It's somebody else, unrelated by natural blood, is who placed me where I am. That, that, that must be greater in many aspects. There's too much time we spend with so-called family. Because the self is alive. We want... You see, man of God, if you're a man of God, <laughs> you have to watch your wife for. <laughs> yeah, that's why you should sit next to your wife. Eh? <laughs> you can do what Pastor Sam is doing. 
God bless you. <laughs> no, a woman is a woman. A man is a man. When God gives you a mission, you can't look at your, your, your wife. I'm not saying you don't love her, but the love cannot come into, it cannot come, come into conflict with what God has called you to do. God didn't call the two of you. I don't know. Is it a husband and wife that God called you? My son, my son, I've called you and marry your wife. <laughs> Professor, that's your wife, Mary. I don't know. Who must marry? God spoke to your husband and said, and also spoke to you that I have called him and I've called you together as one. Forgive. <laughs> God always calls one person and he gives him help. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. He called Moses. He gave him Aaron. He called Abraham. Abraham added Lot. And that was trouble. God called David. And then David was surrounded by helpers. He called Saul. And people's hearts were touched and they followed Saul. Anybody God calls is helpers who surround him. Not, not equals. Not equals. Not equals. Not equals. And helping me doesn't mean that what you tell me, I should take it. If I don't want to take it. Then it becomes control. When God speaks to you as my wife, you should be careful how you tell me. Because God is a God of disorder. Why does God say that I am the head of the woman and he has something to tell me about my ministry and he's telling my wife instead of me? God, I'm taking you to court. <laughs> yes, your wife may have some promptings and some but even that, the wife has to be very careful how she brings that because she's not the head. Is the head who thinks. The woman is not the head, so she doesn't think. Why does the Bible say the man is the head? The head has the brain, it has the eyes, it has the mouth, it has the nose. The woman is not the head, so she can't have that. So, 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 so how come not she has so much say in your life when she, she doesn't even see and smell and taste and think? You are limiting the power of a man. You are limited. God didn't have any plan to create a woman. When he finished with Adam, he said everything was good. He <laughs> was finished. One, one, just like that. And please, as much as God doesn't have a sexual organ, I don't think God has breast. <laughs> God ain't got no bobby. You ain't got no Bobby, right? It's because it's Bobby, okay? <laughs> That's the right way. <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> yeah. We hear more of God being the father of the fatherless and not the mother of the motherless. And the Bible says, he's an almighty God. He's a double-breasted one. Double-breasted one. 
Not Bobby, to my chest. Not Bobby's chest. So you realize that even the image that God, the Bible says, and he created man in his own image, is Adam, not Eve. You remember, Eve is a product of the flesh, not from the earth. So Eve is from the softness and the, and the flesh. That's how God is not from, God is hard like that. Like Adam came from the earth, that which is God. God is the one who created the earth. Adam is a product of that. This here is man with feelings. Out of that, Eve came. Flesh. So be careful how you elevate a woman in your life. No matter the patake she carries. Is that, is that how you call it? Patake, patake. Okay, that's how you call it. Patake, patake. teaching me bad things. of a man is not complete. That is why the woman has so much control. The Bible says, if any man will come after me, deny yourself means deny your feelings. Deny your edges. Deny things that you think is right and proper and accurate. Denying, denying and taking up the cross, the cross is a symbol. When Jesus was, when Jesus took the cross, where was he going? To uh, Amazonian no? the, There's nothing nice about the cross. Your association with the cross is all kind of sadness and pain and suffering and losing. But you see, pastors these days, we don't want to suffer. We're running away from suffering and sacrificing. Chris said, God wants me to be in Letham. God should tell you, you should go to Timbuktu, not Letham. You are following some desires instead of denying yourself and taking up your cross. But people want to Letham. They didn't say God is sending them to Letham. I don't know where you came, Carrie said, Bishop, ah, Bishop. I hear the word Letham, Letham, Letham. I would have slapped him like that. Get out from my face. <laughs> you hear him. You must get some girlfriend in letter or something. You know that. I'm introducing sacrifice. And it's in, as part of this group. Losing, suffering, sacrificing, and dying. It is no more in the church. And therefore, one of the major things in the church is missing. Let him deny himself. For many years, holidays, I bring my church people to church. Yeah. Every Fridays from 10 p.m. And all my church people, they work. They are not lazy people. They are not unemployed people. The professor here, he's a professor. <laughs> he's a guru in mathematics. Yeah. We pray every Friday from 10 p.m. After they've come back from work, they go to home around 6, 6.30. 
by 9.45, I expect them to be seated here waiting for me to start prayer with them from 10 o'clock in the night. We will speak in tongues here in this forest until 3, 4 a.m. Then the next morning, they are going to work. I don't know that is give land mall or movie town. It's America. If you are not somebody who is denying himself, taking up your cross, you can never be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You can never. You can never. You can never. And a disciple of Jesus Christ, you should read about Peter, James, and John. That is how your life will be. If you can deny yourself and take up suffering for the sake of the cross. We don't want to pay any price. We don't like to pay any price for nothing. I have church members who can't even come to church twice a week. It's only Sunday they come. And you can't correct them also. Because you're frightened that they're going to they left you. Who brings the people? It's not God who brings the people. Who God bless no man cause. <laughs> yeah. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Is that not what the people say? Yeah. So if God is always building his church, you don't care who says they are not coming again. I am never afraid of someone who says they are leaving the church. I said, go. The other day, a young girl uh, sent a message to her pastor that um, she's leaving the church. So I was asking the pastor, why, why, what, 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 why? She said she likes teaching children. And she has been removed from that department. So her spirit is no more in the church. She's going to another church. I said, give her passage, let, her, let she go along. You are coming to tell us where you want to function in the church? Who is you? Who is you? Why, what? Do you know, one of the most important people in the church for me is the children. So, for example, I don't like people bringing sweetie for them. People say, oh, well, this person had a birthday, so I brought something. I don't entertain that. It is a way demons are imparted into people's lives. It's not all men who have faith, you know. I don't allow that. And you are so bent on teaching the children. Why? 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 What, 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 is, what is your interest in that area? What do you want to do? And if the pastor in charge says, you know what? No, I have enough people, so you leave this place for a while. You vex. You want to leave the church. I'll get you a green eyes yellow car from town to come and pick you and take you to wherever you came from. Don't come here again. You think we are small boys? You think we don't know how we, we don't know how we run a church. You can't come and tell me what I should do in the church. You a church member? You want to tell me where you want to work? Wait, how many scriptures do you know? Go to me 10 scriptures. Let's see. Give me 10 scriptures about children. Give me 10 scriptures about children. If you can do that, then I'll, 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 I'll consider your application. You don't know any scripture. You don't know anything. You see, you love working with children. You, you, you think working with children is just like that? We are humble enough to be asked to be positioned. The head of the, the place is the one who positions us. And, and we are humble enough, we are childlike enough, we are sheep-like enough to just do what the God, God wants us to do through our pastor. 
And what I'm telling you, I'm an example of it. I was sitting in my somewhere. My bishop, my pastor called me and said, Collins, I want you to go to Guyana. I didn't, even a word of prayer, I didn't pray. My pastor says I should go. What, what, what else do I want to say? Now, ask me and ask yourself whether it's not God who brought me here. It can only be God. <laughs> but God speaks through men. You have to understand that. I don't have to go to God to pray for him to tell me whether Guyana is where I should go. His son, his servant has spoken and so God has spoken. That's why I'm here. For 17 years, my pastor said go and I went. That's how come I can tell you that the girl can't tell me where she wants to position herself. Because I am not a product of that kind of spirit and that kind of behavior. It's the lawlessness people have in the churches. I want to sing. I want to sing. You want to sing? Sit down for two years and let's see if you can sit down for two years before you can be allowed to sing. When you come to the church, you say, oh, you're a good singer. I say, it's okay. Thank you very much. Sit down. If you can be a good sitter, then you can be a good singer. <laughs> for two years. <laughs> you, you just like the stage. You, you want the, the, the glamour. You, you want people to sing. And the song you are singing, you don't even know how to sing it. You know you know the words. You see how when you go to funeral, people come and say, uh, give tribute and say, I want to sing a song. We don't sing songs at funeral. Uh, I want to wish the family my condolences. I want to sing a song. I don't like them things at all. It's embarrassing. Music must harmonize and coordinate. You need keyboard, you need bass, you, you need everything to flow so that uh, you serve the people well. They'll come and sing somewhere. Uh, what song do they sing? <laughs> <laughs> my savior God to thee look at you you are spoiling the service oh my God. so funerals in our church I, I make my singers sing there's nothing like oh we are having a wedding my cousin won't sing I t- let your cousin sing at a refreshment where I will not come <laughs> Somebody said, oh, Bishop, I really wanted to come to the refreshment. What am I coming to do? Eat? I have food to eat. Do your thing at your refreshment. It's okay. I ain't coming to no refreshment. Your cousin wants to sing in the church? Your cousin doesn't own this church. The fact that you are, this, your wedding doesn't mean your, your cousin have every... Do you know who stands on the stage? Do you know what it takes to stand on stage? Do you know what it takes to come here and minister? You are a joker. You are a joker. Do you know the price you have to pay to stand on the stage? It's just, and, and that's how our pulpits are. We don't even, we as pastors are church. The pulpit is just open to anybody and anything. You might as well be a dangle, let everybody come and sex you. That, that's one of the most common examples I can give. I mean, you know. Yeah. The stage must be set for people who are prepared. Funeral doesn't mean that come and do nonsense here. Wedding doesn't mean that come and do nonsense here. It's still the presence of God. With your wedding and your funeral, it is still the, the, the shepherd is in charge and God's presence is here. Nothing changes that. Deny yourself. 
You see, the things that you know you are used to, you have to forget some of them when you are doing church. You have to deny. You have to deny the things that people like and people want. You have to fight those things and do what you believe God wants you to do. You, you are not a good leader if you can't carve a path and let people allow people to follow you on that path. You are not a good leader. Not a good leader. They brought two thousand dollars. Nobody talks about two thousand. They have carved a path. From this day forward, we are all going to use two thousand dollars. That's it. You can you can plead the blood of Jesus on the two thousand. You will not. You can, you put some in your pockets. What are you going to say? And it's forever going to be that it is the Ali government that brought the two thousand dollar note. If Jenna Jagan brought one thousand and, and Granger brought five thousand, Ali must also do something. And that is leadership. You lead, and others follow. Signed by the vice president and the governor. Yes. If you like, don't use it. If you like, when you see it, rebuke it in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter. It's okay. It's okay. It ain't going nowhere. Me, I want it in the offering bag. When the offering bag, I want to see Jadio and Ali inside. I want to see them inside. Now you give it away. I'll take it. It's okay. In business at all. Is it a blessing? Yeah. Don't worry, these pastors, okay? They, they are excited. Don't worry. Them. <laughs> they encourage me to preach. There's nothing like a church where you, are, you feel encouraged to preach. Uh, I don't like a church where you're preaching, people are sitting there watching you like some, something wrong or something watching you. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll preach five minutes and say, okay, God bless you. <laughs> By the where the spirit of the Lord is, where the spirit of the Lord is, and so this is the sign of the spirit of the Lord. And I say, Why are they making noise? It's not noise, there's no noise. This is freedom. Yeah. Why are you not making noise? Why are you sitting so tight? <laughs> you are going to the washroom. All right, <laughs> you want water. <laughs> Don't worry, break time, you get water. Yeah, you get water. <laughs> Amen. Matthew 16, 24. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, go and sit down. The blocky, the blocky was a guy. Are we there? <laughs> If any man, Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. So yourself is there, you say, self, you and me ain't got nothing for do no longer. Then after you have denied yourself, you take up a cross. Jesus, you see, the cross was something Jesus couldn't carry. Is it Simon of Cyrene? He's the one who they organized to come and help. It's even there's a revelation that no matter how big a ministry God gives you, you always need a helper. You always need a Simon of Cyrene. You can't take the cross to Calvary alone. Jesus even didn't do it alone. He had a Simon of Cyrene. It's even a revelation. 
And so don't belittle being a pastor and having somebody who speaks into your life and somebody who guides and helps you. It's biblical. And the cross, shame. Jesus was naked, you know. Yeah. Pain, blood. If you watch Passion, you can see that Mel Gibson really tried. If you listen to the interview of the guy, uh, I think it's John Cavazil. I think it's John. James. It's James, right? James Cavazil, the guy who played Jesus Christ. He's called James. He's James Cavazil, so JC. He said when Mel Gibson called him for the role, and he asked him, what is his name? He said, JC. He said, no. No. It's like the things were coming too much together for him, that the guy who's going to play Jesus Christ is also, his initial is J and C. And the Cavazil guy, if you listen to his, his interview on YouTube on a passion, he, he said he broke his ribs. He broke his ribs. He said lightning struck about three times. He said the making of the movie, his body had to suffer practically. He said it wasn't an act. He had to be even, I think he had to even go to the hospital or something. He physically endured pain. Because you can't... You see, this is not Chinese Jesus. You know the Chinese Jesus? <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's a story of a Chinese Jesus who um, they, were, they took... was carrying a cross. The cross was tied to him, so he went to a, a hill to, crucify, to be crucified. And he, he went on a cross, and they tied him. And they were beating him. At the point, he couldn't take the beating, so he jumped down. He said, whoa, you can't do that to me. <laughs> Chinese Jesus. Yeah? No, 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 this wasn't Chinese Jesus. Nah. <laughs> Jesus stayed on the cross. He didn't have water to drink. The one who created water didn't have water to drink. The one who created hands didn't have a hand to wipe his face of blood. And you want to be a disciple of Christ, a pastor, a minister, and you lack sacrifice. You lack sacrifice. There's nothing you are doing that is costing a lot, is bringing a lot out of you. All the things you're doing is convenience, 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 convenience. There's nothing you are bleeding for when it comes to ministry. We don't like that. Any experienced soldier has some wounds and marks on his body. You can't go to war and come back with a nice face. You have to use powder to cover some of the things that a, a, a bullets and bombs have, have done to your body. You can't be a strong minister without marks in the spirit. Problems, accusations, rejection, denial. You must carry things like that as a minister. Yeah, people must reject you. Like they rejected Christ. People must... Be, the guy said he was casting out the devil and what was revealed I don't have his spirit he should have said I don't have the spirit of God that would have even made some sense his spirit what does his spirit have got to do
I said, I want to speak like Paul spoke and said, let me speak foolishly. He said he is a Pharisee. He's from the tribe of Benjamin. He said, on the eighth day, when it comes to the law, let me also talk to you. You who says, I don't have your spirit, let me talk foolishly also. I came here with nothing. Jacob went to his uncle's house with nothing. He came back with two wives and a congregation. And Laban said, I have learned by experience that God is with you. So, so when you are saying things about people, you should be careful. It's an inexperienced person who will just open his mouth and say things. That's why I say, I say it, and I'll continue to say it. That is why we give people platforms in our country. Look at this Samuel Midas guy, Midas, Kestadine, all these people. They are nice guys. But there's nobody correcting them in their lives. The things they are doing, what is Sukha Monarch? With your Rasta hair. If he was in my church, he would cut his hair right now. Yeah, he would burn his hair. You see how we Guyanese Christians, oh yeah, congratulations. Oh, keep doing the work of God. Wow, nice, great, powerful. You sit on the praises of men. You see what God will do to you. God gives you. This is very American. Whitney Houston. All these people, they start in the church with great voices. And then because of money and fame, they check out. This is exactly American culture we live in. You are just black hole. Everything about you is American. You are not Africans at all. It's just the color you have. You are, you are Africa. You are not an iota of an African. I'm telling you. You are American. It's Americans who do ministry with their wives, who take pictures with their wives. I have a, a, a pastor friend. Every Sunday, his manner is he and his wife. I'm sure the wife is put, put, pressing remote in the house. Beep, beep, beep. Beep, 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 beep. Ah. My picture is, do you see my wife there? No, 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 no. The conference is not me and my wife. The marriage is me and my wife. The children is me and my wife. Home is me and my wife. The conference is not me and my wife. And you sit down and she's standing like she's a dominant factor over you. She's sitting at the back. She came late, so she's sitting at the back. She doesn't want to disturb me. Because I'll preach, I'll preach about her when she comes up. <laughs> Uh, she doesn't want to disturb you, so she's at the back. Cool. He said, I know he. Me, I'm going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Am I helping you? you know, last night, a young husband said, Bishop, the things you said about your life, that is the icing on the cake for me. I said, you see, you can't preach without using yourself as an example. And using others also as examples. Then they have some people who are walking around having some ambassadorial titles. Ambassador of something. Graduating with some doctorate and some ambassador. All of that is not important. You must have names and titles that are relevant. You see, even American, that we are are so much after, they don't use titles. Benny Hinn, T.D. Jakes, uh, Joel Osteen, you hardly hear that they are reverence or, or you don't hardly hear their titles. 
But you see, black people like titles. We like gold chain, gold teeth, everything. We like Allion with sports wheels and bingo music. Black people. Yeah. Park the car somewhere and music playing, and then he said, What's going on? No knowledge or nothing. Can't read a book. Don't like reading a book. I'm preaching. So I want to. I want to take you through a few things here about sacrifice. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18, uh, please if you can take baby out, it will be very nice. Uh, baby wants to go out for breeze. So in our church, we don't bring the children into the hall. We keep them in a separate service because of some of these things. There's order. But I can't shout too much because it might be a visitor and they might get vexed with me. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Roberta. Help her. Because oh. mommy came to listen to the preaching and baby won't disturb mommy. Huh? Baby, I'll pour oil on your head. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18. We're having late lunch. Is that okay? So that... Because we started late. Yeah, late start. So late lunch and early closing. Yeah. Now, for maybe the pastors who are here from other ministries, this is how we do our camps. We have, we have camp meetings. This is how we do it. We, we go away, Madawini, Highway, and I go, and it is all day preaching. We don't even pre- we don't even give anybody food. We want to squeeze all the feelings out of them. <laughs> it must die because the feelings. I took some people for a camp somewhere. I gave them porridge in the morning. They said they don't eat porridge. As you don't eat porridge, you drink porridge today. Oh, you might don't you don't eat porridge. <laughs> it's porridge I got for you. It was oats. It was quicker oats. Me, me, I don't like drinking porridge. You remember? I had never heard that before. This is Charlie, you remember? He said, I don't drink porridge. So you don't, you don't drink porridge? I thought it was breakfast. I said, there's nothing. This is the manna you are. This is manna. You must eat this manna. <laughs> if you don't eat the manna, then you try it. Those who didn't eat it, they were there hungry. I said, okay. Then when you pray for them, you should come and see the demons leaving them. Because they are let. Flesh must die. Denial and taking up your cross is one of the major things in ministry. Major things in ministry. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power 
of God. One thing that the church lacks these days is power. <laughs> Many churches don't have power. The church doesn't have power in Guyana. What we are doing by the grace of God, if many people come on board, we will take, we will take back Guyana for God. You see, it, it, it needs mobilization with a certain mindset. Guyana is not controlled by the church. Guyana now is controlled by Muslims. United Arab Emirates. White, nice, white dress with a turban. He was foreign minister or something. He was here the other day. Islamic whatever bank is coming. Because our president is a Muslim. Vice president is a Hindu. I don't know about Philip. But things don't look well for Christianity. And then when you have people who are close to them to tell them the truth, they align with them. <laughs> they say they drink, they drink soup. When Nicodemus came to see Jesus in John chapter 3, I never heard when they came to arrest the, uh, Jesus that Jesus said, Peter, please go and see Nicodemus. See whether he can uh, make a deal with the high priest so that I can be released. In fact, when Peter was trying to obstruct the arrest, Jesus said, put back your sword. When, when Pilate said, you don't want to talk, I can release you. He said, you can release me. You only have what you have because it was given to you. As much as it's maybe nice to acquaint with um, somebody in power, it should not compromise your faith and your ministry. Nebuchadnezzar can rise against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But God will show up and prove that he is above Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> and that's why I've said this. I said, nobody has done anything for me here in Guyana. For all the 17 years, there's nobody who can say that we have helped him. Nobody. From the church, the government, nobody. That's why I speak like how I speak. So please forgive me. Because maybe you can't speak it because you are, you are, you are, your navel is tied somewhere. Mine is not tied anywhere. If you, don't, if you don't do it, it's okay. I'm good. I'll take it as the will of God. And I encourage myself. We got this land. We didn't have to talk to any government. I look into the newspapers. I saw land for sale. Canal number two, Poda. I called. Where can I see it? It's a tomorrow, 10 o'clock. Where? Meet me at Belair Park and I'll go with you. Went to meet the woman at Belair Park. We drove all the way here. Came, acres of land. There was no minister of lands inside. I don't have to go and lick bottom and drink soup. Because when God wants to do something... He can do it with or without somebody. He can do it when he wants to do it. Came, negotiated, installment, paid, did the paperwork, bam! Transport in the name of the church. Finish. There's no government who knows what is going on here with nobody. Is that it is that some demons rose up and then the police started coming here. 
I'm a citizen of Guyana. I have a right to whatever I have a right to. I have my ID card. Where's my ID card? I can't show my ID card. I don't need to drink soup. Because the preaching of what we have to preach about, it is to them that perish, it is foolishness. That's why I'm saying that my friend who wants to build on a four-acre land and trying to solicit investment from the companies around, it is the wrong approach. When the church started in the book of Acts, people sold their things and brought the money. No businessman gave it. it is, they, they gave. No, they gave. God has a way of building his church. After when we're doing this program, the expenses here and there, trying to get the place ready. I was very, very tight on the money that we had. I said, this, that, that, that. even the toilet is there. Let's get four or six. And I check the prices. Ah, then in the night, you have this light that comes to the generator. One day is 30,000. See if I get it for the three nights, it's 90,000. I said, ah. But God told me last Sunday, He said, don't worry. Don't worry about money. Don't worry about money. I said, yes, sir. Yes, 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 sir. Yes, sir. yes, yes, boss. I forgot that you are the one doing this whole thing. And we don't have any debt as we are sitting down. There's, there's nothing. We don't owe anybody for the conference. By the grace of God. If God says he will do it, he will do it. And so the cross, remember the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. So you can't, you see, people, people, <laughs> I have two experiences. The first one is when we're, we're, we're struggling with plastic chairs. You know, I started a church in East La Penitence. A lot, a lot of witches used to come to the church. So I used to pray for the people a lot and pour oil. And people would be going back and they would fall on the plastic chair and to break. <laughs> So every time I pray for people, five chairs break. Every evening, five chairs break. <laughs> so I said, no, 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 no. I need a chair. When they fall on it, they got their head gone hot. <laughs> Not a chair breaking. Because the chair can't be spending money on buying plastic chairs. Somebody told me to go to food for the poor. They give nice chairs for free. I said, wow, okay, nice. The experience I had food for the poor. I asked myself, Collins, are you, you all right? Food for the poor. What are you doing here? But that was the end of me allowing church members to go, oh, go here. Then I have a lady who works at Continental Paint Factory. The boss asked her, what's the name of your church? It's a lighthouse chapel. He said, oh, I have a lot of letters from churches asking for paint donation. I've never seen a letter from your church. I said, oh, chair, I learned from food for the poor. <laughs> I will never beg any businessman for anything. Whatever we need, we will raise it from here. We will raise it from here. It will come from here. God will provide it. God will provide it. <laughs> God will provide it. I'm telling you. Huh? The generator that we're using, we bought it about six, seven years ago in, in East Lafayette. $750,000. I remember I stood in the pulpit and raised that money. Within a week, I had that money. I went to Giftland Mall and bought the generator. God, man of God. Then the people said, you want a land for church? Go to housing. You know the land they'll give you? 40 by 80 they'll give you. 
they will determine how big a vision you should have. When I came, I see, ah, so where? Then you see a church and then you see homes. The way our church is, you can't live next door. No, we will, we will, we will fight all the time. Because we, we like nice. Ah, especially Friday night, we come and say, bala, 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 bala. No, you can't live next to the church. That's why we are here. That's why we are not in town. This thing here, I should, I should have had it in town to be a big man in town. When you see me, I just walk so. <laughs> now you think about it, Brother Neville. Anybody with this thing here in Georgetown, I'm sure people will. Ah, a red carpet. So, wow, he's the bishop of there. So I was actually looking for the land next to Malti, between the, the mosque and Malti, the land there. And somebody said, no, it used to be a garbage dump. You won't like it. And then they said, oh, go to the ministry. They said, go to the school. When I went to the school, they said, it's their land. They don't sell it. I said, oh, chair, I would have bought it. Can you imagine this thing on Mandela? Ah. I drive me nice big Prado with my tinted vehicles, tinted window. They have a nice one about, ah, it would have enhanced the church. And I wear, I wear glass shoes, glass shoes, glass shoes. With, with some diamonds on it. Hey, when I, when I get to the church, people come and touch this. Oh, I receive it. Yeah, boom music. Look at us here. We have what we have quiet in a village. Focusing on what is important, winning souls, establishing them, raising them up, releasing them, planting churches. That's all. I don't need any government minister for that. Because the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. And so you can't connect with them when it comes to the cross. But what it does, what the preaching of the cross does, and the cross is a symbol of sacrifice, is that it releases power. The church needs the power to come on it again. But power will not come if we don't become sacrificial. Sacrifice releases power. That's the first point. You want power? Sacrifice. That is why even in the evil kingdom, they like killing people. They like murders. They like drinking people's blood. Because when, when life is, blood is shed, evil powers get strength. I remember many years ago, I had a girl in the church who used to be a witch, or who is still a witch? <laughs> Currently a witch. And she, t- she told me that, if you see the girl, you never assume the things that she will tell you. And she said, she is responsible for accidents on the road. Yeah. Well, I used to have some little, little girls, witches all around the church. And they used to tell me stories. I told them, they thought it was, it was exciting or something. She was responsible for accidents. And they will tell me something today. Tomorrow you see it happen and it will be in the newspapers. Yeah. There's this turn around the East Coast when you pass the new COVID uh, uh, center. It, a lot of accidents used to happen right there. That, that was one of their strongholds. It has reduced now. I think uh, before the uh, uh, Cosmos, Cosmos guy died, it was around the same place. It looked a little closer. 
Linden Highway, the son of their strongholds also. They like drinking blood from there. They put their cup there. They wanted to kill me one day on that highway. But they had to drink their own blood. <laughs> one day I was casting out the devil. And the devil said, my name is this member of parliament. He mentioned his name. He said he wants to work with me. He lives on the west coast. I should come and see him. I was casting out the devil. Do you remember? You were with me. He said he likes what I'm doing, but I should come, I should come to their side. I was casting out another devil some time ago. And then the devil said, why am I, when they are spoiling churches, I have come here to be planting and encouraging churches. So I said, ah, who are you? He said, we are the ones who didn't allow you to get the land you wanted to get in the land of Cana. Because we, we almost bought four acres of land in the land of Cana. I remember we went there as a church to weed the place. And the, the Lord opened the eyes of one of my main people. She said when we were praying she saw black images holding their hands in a circle as we were on the land praying. It's like we will fight you here. We never got through with the sale. We never got the transport. I had to take the people to court to collect our, our 8 million dollars which is 40,000 US dollars. Is it? 2 8, 16,000 rather. It was about 40, 40 something thousand we were going to pay. Four acres. I was praying for the person right there in front. Then the demon manifested and said, what, what are you doing? And as I interrogated the demon, he said that they are the ones who never allowed us to get the land in the land of, in the land of Canaan. But now when I passed there and I see where I was going to buy the land, I realized how God didn't allow me to buy the land. The East Bank is dead. If there's any dead place spiritually apart from London, it's the East Bank. How many big churches do you see on the East Bank? How many strong spiritual locations do you see on the East Bank? What they have come to do is, uh, right as you are getting to Groove, they come to put some Monday there. Riverside, prime land that they will never give to a church. And then you like to deal with these people. These people are your friends. You got their phone numbers. Block them. Block, block them. How, how can you be a minister and associate with these people? For what? For the good of Guyana? Guyana is not your call. Your call is the kingdom of God. It's Guyana that I hear a lot about kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. Guyanese pastors like saying kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. Less things of the kingdom do you do. Less things of the kingdom do you do. I don't understand what you mean by kingdom. All I know is the church that God has given me. And you do kingdom, you do less of the things of the kingdom. You are rather in bed with people who are against the cross. One day a guy came to see me in Isla Penitence. He said he was part of those who killed Saturday or Saul, the former agriculture minister in the uh, uh, PPP uh, government many years ago. They killed his, himself, his brother from Canada when they came from uh, uh, 31st December. They were coming from Pegasus. He said he was part of those who were waiting for him in his house. He said he drank beer from his fridge. 
He came to see me in Easter penitence. He said, now he's left them and they don't want to leave him in peace. They've cut everything off. They've, their car, they've cut everything that he used to enjoy and everything, they've cut it off. So he needs money. He needs some money if I can help him. Cromwell, wait, you remember the guy? Yeah. You remember the guy? Big guy, bald head. Oh, you see, you see that he's a, he's a killer. <laughs> that time, he even didn't have an office. It was the back of the stage in Isla Penitence, that place. That's where I used to sit to have my meetings. I didn't have any office. So I was wondering whether I should help him. I think I called Reverend Leary and I said, you know what? Let me give him something. So I organized some little donation and gave it to him. Then, in leaving, he said, well, you know what? These people, they can help you, you know. After now, we don't have tiles in, at Hebron. We don't have tiles in the church. He said, if you join them, they'll tile this whole place for you. I, I, I wondered which demon was manifesting now. Did, did he really come here to connect me to them, or he came here for money? I, 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 and since that day, I never saw him back. I, never, he, I thought he would have been coming to the church because I gave him a little donation. He never came back. Yeah, he's a recruiter. He came with a story to try and get me to. He said, by the way, Pastor, you know, these people, they, they got things, you know. You know, if you join them, they, they, they will tile this whole place for you. Come and tile here for me. I need tiles here. This is where I need tiles. <laughs> Not a small church in Georgetown. I need tiles here. <laughs> I need tiles here. <laughs> I need tiles here and two floors at the back. Yeah. <laughs> you need sheetrock. Acoustic, fire-resistant sheetrock. Let them come and do it for me. That's what I like. Not Hebron, small place that I can tie by myself with my own money. <laughs> you love God. Do something let's see that you love God. Eh? Am I saying something? We need power. The power that came down from heaven on the day of Pentecost, that cause a great move. We need it back in the church. We need it back in the church. The church, look, look at how, you see, the day the Kestedin got into trouble by saying that the accident that happened on the baby's road, it happened in front of a man there. That's when I say that Guyanese Christians are hypocrites. And he also, he said, he, I'm sure he was afraid of his life, so he had to apologize. It's, 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 it's a man of God who is in charge of ERC who falls for his apology to the nation. I don't have no apology for no Hindu or no Muslim. If you kill me, I'll, I'll, I'll smile dying. As you are killing me, I'll be smiling. Ah, kill me. I'll never compromise with your idols. At all. When we came here, the bridge that we used to come, when I started coming here, you see, you don't even understand. There's a woman who lives across the road who takes care of the mandir that is over there, the Hindu temple. We had flags. We were driving. The moment you come off the road, there were two flags at the entrance to the bridge. And then when you are exiting the bridge, there were two extra flags. That is how I met this place when we started coming here. I drove through it a few times and I said, I'm uncomfortable with this thing. So I remove them. They say, Guyana, you don't touch Jandi flags. I'm still alive. I remove them. I'm still alive. (laughs) 
I, I want to write a petition to the, for the removal of all Jandi flags from all public places. Jandi flags belong to the temple, not in a public place. Yes. Keep it in your land. Keep it in your yard. Don't keep it at the seawall. Don't put it in the canal. Those are public places. Express your religion in your corner, not in somebody else's territory. Let's see what they will say. Let's see what they will, Let's see what they will say. A petition to remove all Jandi flags. It is, it is making the country look dirty. If you go to Barbados, you see anything like that anywhere? You go to Trinidad, you see anything in the canals? I'm, I'm sure there are some places they have that. People have them in their homes. I removed them. There were four. And I, I said, okay. I removed them. I went to put it at the temple. Two days later, they came back. And I took oil and I poured on the bridge. And I removed them again. That one, I called the two or three of them. I said, come, let me go. Remove them. Remove them, we put them in a canal. Two days later, he got into a deadly accident. God delivered him. The driver died. The passenger died. And the little girl at the back died. He and his wife were in the bus. They were spared. Yeah. I was casting out the devil again in a building in front. Then the, the person who I was casting the devil out of looked at him and told him he was lucky. Put the two together. <laughs> Put the two together. It's like because they were with me, I ordered them to take the flag and remove it. They wanted to take them out. One of the other guys who removed the flag, now he's my enemy. He's left the church. Yeah, I'm his enemy. You know him? <laughs> Spiritual things are deep. That woman since then has never put the flag back. Now and then I feel, I take oil and I pour on the bridge. Like that. Because she normally likes to come and sit on the bridge. I said, fire go bon she bam bam. Bon she bam bam. Bon she bam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tell you. She has been the one who has fought us here all the time. I had a truckload of loom on the dam. She went to tell the NDC that I have given her the loom. So she needs a, a tractor to spread it in front of the Hindu temple. Yes. I came the next day when I came. The place looks so clear. I said, ah, something is different here. Then I said, where is the room that was here? Then I look, it was in front of the temple. So I went across. I said, what happened? She said, she know nothing. She woke up to see the place nice, clean like that. Then we went to the guy who was actually responsible for the temple. He said, oh, the woman across the road told them that we have given them the loan. So they want to ask for the NDC to come and spread the loan. Then I went back to her. Hey, the loan is not for you. We didn't even pay for the loan. She was lucky she was in the house. I wanted to ring a boxing shoe. Ring a boxing shoe. Yeah. First encounter with her, the owner of the building next door, I was looking for the front 
the, 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 the western, northwestern boundary. So I was looking for it. It was like a, it was a, a steel rod that they use. So I was, the power, right? That's your thing. So the man said, my brother, it's right there. It's a, it's a steel, something steel, right there. So I saw it. I said, oh, okay. From nowhere, this woman came. I've never even seen her before. He said, that's not the boundary. That's not the boundary. That's not the boundary. I said, ah, the man who lives next door is actually pointing the boundary to me. You are coming from over the road. Come and tell me, the, I said, the land is me, grandma, the land. It's me, grandma, the land. That's not the, that's the first announcement of her confusion over here. She's the one who cleans the, the temple. Next time he said, goat has come to eat her, her banana. He's taking us to police. They had a relay some bush there. It, it, it touched a bit of their banana on the side. You got to pay money. Yeah, 5000 for that. <laughs> now, she never placed flags in the, in the river, in the canal around the bridge any longer. She cannot. If she dares, I'll put fire in the temple. Now, the temple is on a land. This is one land, and there's the second one. It's, it's wide, probably a little close to us. I hear the owners of the land gave the front piece to them for the temple. The other day, I went to ask for the cost of the land across the road, how much it is. Then, we saw on Facebook, somebody used a drone to take a picture of the land with our church inside the picture on Facebook. They are selling the land for $25 million. I said, it's because we have come here, that's why they are selling the land. I'll get it for free, not 25 million. <laughs> 25 million? What do you mean 25 million? <laughs> what I know, and I'll buy, you know why I'll buy it? It's not because I even need space. This place, is, land is big. It's because I want to see whether the man there is on the transport or not. If it's not official in the transport, I'm buying it because I can't, I can break it down. So help me God. <laughs> yes. Bring an excavator and say, pull down that ugly building. Bulldozer. Pull down that ugly building. The only reason why I will buy it is because I can break the mandate when I buy it. If I can't break it, I'm not buying it. You can give it for free. Me want. As long as I can break it, I'll give you even two times the money he wants. <laughs> and I want then go on the Muslim to come and take a picture and put it on Facebook. Bishop breaks down Monday in canal number two. <laughs> you see the commotion that will come in, into Guyana. You see the commotion in Guyana. Oh, why? Oh, it's what? Why are you, dis- you judging people? And we, it's the same God, one God. And what is confusion? You are bringing. Does the Ethnic Relations Commission know the discrimination in the country? They should leave the church things. They should leave the church things. It will cause confusion Ali and Jabdi, right? <laughs> yeah, because it's Hindu temple. So we see what happened. We need the power. We need that power. And the power, you can see the power, you know. The power is in terms of a certain magnitude of church and kingdom work. That's what I'm saying. Look on the East Bank. The East Bank lands have all kinds of ancestral demons on them. 
especially from friendship where the, the slaves, slaves bought those lands. Most of the bush at the back there are infested with demons. You see, there's no housing scheme, government housing scheme apart from growth. Because from there onwards, it's all private lands. And black people can't develop it. And so demons live there. I know what I'm saying. There is no major church on the East Bank. I mean, God bless all those who have... We have a church on the East Bank too. We are in Pearl. Two houses away from Granger. He's our uh, uh, Wi-Fi church member. <laughs> Just two doors away from President Granger. We have a church on the East Bank. We bought that building from the Jehovah's Witnesses. Because they, it wasn't working for them. And since we bought a place, it has not been easy for us. Very, you go. It's not easy to have a church, a strong church on the East Bank. No, 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 no. You mobilize, ah, the people won't come. What is on the East Bank that we can have churches there? And look at us, we've come into a Hindu neighborhood. Check the East Bank. You check the East Bank. Anybody who's on the East Bank who says that they are big, you should check them and see. What amount of spiritual work are you doing there? How often do you even pray in the building? One day the Lord spoke to me. He said, when the Jehovah's left it, we bought the building from them. There were two plant pots in front of the building in the yard. Ah, that's it. There were two plant pots in front right there. One day when we prayed, the Lord revealed to me that there were snakes in the plant pots. I should throw away the pots. Next day we went, we threw the pot, we threw them away. They were there with plants inside, like they were beautifying the place. There were spiritual snakes inside. Power must come back. Power must come back. Robert Williams of Blessed Memory, the former deputy mayor of Georgetown, he used to live behind us in Isla Penitas. He died and left his wife. When we, when we bought the place, the woman will pass water over the wall for Pastor Greg. Pass water. We'll pass water. We'll be when we started speaking in tongues, the woman developed hatred immediately. Police, East Lapentance Police and Lighthouse Chapel, we are, we are husband and wife. Hey! Every small prayer, police. Small prayer, police. Then you ask them, who called? They say, we can't see that. I say, I know who called. She's in the house like a prisoner. Locked in the house like a prisoner. She doesn't come out. Weird human being. I've, I've, I've pastored in that building for 13 years, 2007 to 2020. She has been a pain. pain. One day, the roof was leaking like how you see the roof leaking. I organized a contractor to come and fix it. She called city council. We are there, the contractor is removing the sheets. City council comes and asks for my permission to, to, to do the, uh, uh, to remove the sheets. Yeah, this is how it used to be. Then I said, oh, city council, we are sitting in the church. Rain is pouring down on us. I have to write a letter before I change the sheet. I said, I don't understand what you're saying. 
Some man, pastor, you know everything you do. The council got to give you permission. Blah, 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 blah. I said, I sorry, but I, 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 check. Ring can't be the church members because I have to write a letter to you, and you have to sit down for two weeks or three weeks to approve. I said, I can't do that. We're casting a gutter. We're doing a gutter right in front of us. City council, come. Where is the permission to do gutter? I said, you should be doing the gutter instead of the church spending money to do the gutter. Because the woman calls you, you come like joke. You, you come like remote control. You press remote and you come and talk nonsense. You should come and come to congratulate the church that we are the, the, the dream, we are the covert, we are nicely cast, we are developing the area. You are not coming to stop us that we are violating a rule. A rule of keeping the place nice and tidy. You got to be from the devil. She tried and we have been there. I left and I left the professor there. So professor got to deal with she now. <laughs> Until maybe she dies. Is <laughs> it Collins? Collins. I said she's disrespectful. I'm Bishop Collins. She can't call me Collins. <laughs> Where is her picture? I have a picture. Yeah, that's a gutter. Where do this gutter? That's a house, the pink house at the back. A lot of pigeons live in the house. Yeah. The owner of the land, when we bought the building, the owner told me that Robert Williams thiefed that land from him. Because it was BBCCDD. And he rented the church to Robert Williams. And he used his power at city council to thief the one at the back. That's why we are so close. That was supposed to be a government reserve. So people thought that we were renting from Robert Williams. People always thought that that building was for Robert Williams. You see a yellow big sign on there. How can it be for Robert Williams with a yellow big sign is like that? We need the power back in our churches, ladies and gentlemen. And it comes only by prayer. It comes only by power. It comes only by sacrifice. Is what I said. It comes by sacrifice. Second Kings chapter 3 verse 26. It's not by prayer. I said prayer, please. It's by sacrifice. It's sacrifice that brings power into the church. There's a battle between the, the, the Israelites and the, king, uh, and the Moabites. And look at what happened. And when, when the battle got very fierce, the Bible says that the king of Moab saw that the battle was too sore for him. He took with him 700 men that drew swords to break through even unto the king of Edom, but they could not. The story says that then he took his eldest son that should have reigned in his stead. Are you watching it? Eldest son who should have replaced him. What did he do? And offered him for a burnt offering upon the wall. And there was great power released. Great indignation against Israel. And the Israelites departed. That was the end of the war. Because some a blood was shed. That was the end of the fight. Sacrifice releases something that will break the yokes of the devil over your church and ministry. Is it? 
I hear a lot of warfare, warfare. We Guyanese like warfare. When I warfaring, I warfaring. Warfare, you don't even come to church on Sundays, you are warfaring. That doesn't give you power. Power does not come through warfare. The power to even do warfare comes from sacrifice. Let me show you three things that sacrifice will do for you. Number one. The power to make people committed. You see, when you, when you sacrifice and you get power, the power will make people get committed. We don't have committed members because there is no sacrifice in the church. I have people who travel from their country to Ghana for three years to go to Bible school. And then you see relatives will ask them, oh, you're going to Bible school in Ghana? Is there no Bible school in Trinidad? Is there no Bible school in America? Is there no Bible school in Canada? Because Canada is very close. Going to Bible school in Canada is even prosperity. Go to Bible school in Africa, let's see if you can handle it. And ask all those young men and young women who have gone to Ghana to go to Bible school, whether they didn't have to pay a price to go through the three years. <laughs> One of the guys I sent to Bible school told one of my pastors that I is a wicked man. I knew he was going to punish and I sent him to go and punish. <laughs> he told one of my pastors that he didn't, he, now he has realized that Bishop is a wicked man. He knows that as he's going to Ghana, he will punish and then he, I sent him. Now, he's the one who who is giving me praise? Because now he has grown and he has matured and he has come to learn to appreciate, appreciate, appreciate the things that he's enjoying. He lives with one of the bishops in, in, in our church and, and the bishop has given him a vehicle. He's taking him to driving school to learn how to drive and he's giving him a vehicle. Little boy, in Ghana, little boy. He's, he's a young boy. Now that he's driving, he videos himself and he sent me the video. He said, Bishop, look at me, I'm driving. I said, okay. I almost said. <laughs> look at you. Look at the punishment. The little suffering to go through so that something else will happen. You can't go through it. Joe. Sikripo <laughs> is the place. I'm not Georgetown. You didn't hear. Sikripo is the to judge yourself. I can't have to do some wellness and get a, a secret boy is the place. If you don't accept it, you will never master the place. You will always be looking at Georgetown. Always be looking at Georgetown. Always looking at Georgetown. Always. You always Georgetown. Just stay right in the secret. Yeah. No, it's a good place. Apostle Samuels lived there. Yeah. I've been to his church before. He hosted me very nice. I was happy with my, we were very happy. Took me to the Pomeroy River to drink coconut. Beautiful place. You were there. Yeah. Ah. Sit in the boat. We chartered a boat. We went to the Pomeroy to drink coconut from the Pomeroy, not from my high cow. Pomeroy coconut. Yeah. It's different. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So stop the complaining and the complaints. It's because you don't want to sacrifice. That's why you're complaining. I don't have any complaint in Guyana. I have never 
told Bishop Dad that he's a wicked man for sending me to Guyana. I, I'm rather grateful that I, I have come this far in ministry. If I have not come to Guyana, I'll be in Europe with a small congregation and I feel that I'm a man of God. I feel that I'm a man. What I have in Guyana is far bigger than what I had in Europe with all the things around it. Yes. I can't. I can never. I, I, I actually told him the other day, last year. I said, Bishop, I don't want to be transferred again. I want to live and die here. He said, Wow, I'm happy that you want to do that in Guyana. Because as a bishop, you can be removed any day. That's a principle we use. In our church, we have over 120 bishops around that. You just get a car, you pack your bags, and you beat out. That's all. So, what I'm actually saying, I, I shouldn't have told him that. Because like, call his way there, Because my brother in Jamaica, he, uh, a bishop in Jamaica, he finished building a cathedral like this. Uh, you know, he didn't have an office block. When he finished, he has been moved to go to Colombia. He's in Colombia right now. So one day he was telling me that I should finish so that I want to go somewhere. I said, bye, rest yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, I said, you know what? I want, to, I want to live and die here. He told me he's very happy that I want to do that. Yeah. He's very happy. Guyanese, it's not very easy to rule Guyanese. Ned, should I go and then you take over? <laughs> I think you do well. Next. <laughs> yeah. That's my dad. All I know is from him. I'm not a self-made man. I came out of a womb. I didn't drum from the skies. All I know, what I do, I have the support, and I have the support of God above all. Yeah, he's the one who sent me this steel. He said, Collins, I want to send you a steel structure that you can do a cathedral and office block. Do you want it? I said, yes, I want it. Say, are you sure you can handle this? I said, yes, but it's not been easy for me. <laughs> and he sent it to me. Six 40 feet containers. It took me six weeks to bring them from uh, uh, DDL Wharf to this place. It couldn't cross the harbor bridge. You had to offload and, and bring it piece by piece. But, and, and you may be in Guyana, you may not have experienced something like this. Six 40 feet containers. From DDL Wharf to Canal Number Two, when they got here, we had to leave them on the roadside because the truck couldn't come on the bridge. The turn is so sudden, the bridge was so frail. They said, Pastor, we can't take it. They left the six containers on the road. We had to open it and bring these things one by one from the road into the yard. Go, did you remember? With a counter. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I don't have the spirit you have. Exactly, I don't have the spirit you have. How many containers have you cleared to build a church? We are trying to order our towels from China. And he sent me the invoice. It's not easy. <laughs> I said, I'll go to Brazil. Go and buy it and put it in a truck and drive through, let them bring it here. <laughs> yeah. 50,000, 60,000 US dollars, two containers of tires for here and for there. 
You say, I don't have your spirit. You have a jumbie spirit. It would have been good if you had some of my spirit. You'd be doing something else. Yeah. Uh, oh, we are bringing it, isn't it? Oh, so the people that are good, they have pictures. Hey, Maxa, you get lunch uh, on his line, right? You get free lunch. Oh, is it Epson? Is it Epson too? Epson get lunch? Nah, Epson, you get no lunch. <laughs> she get mad, so you get no lunch. <laughs> you have some more pictures, Maxa? When we're digging the road? Sacrifice releases power. It gives power to make people committed. I have these people here who are not working today, tomorrow. They are here. If I say they should be with me here tonight, they'll be here. I have people who live here. They have left whatever they, they have. They have come to live here. People committed because of power. Look, we're trying to bring it. What? Is it from? Yeah, we're trying to bring it inside. Small counter. Platinum. Platinum will, will get a reward when he goes to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have your spirit. Indeed. We did this part of the ceiling. I mean, it's about three weeks. The middle, the corners, and then this part. About three weeks, right? Three, four weeks. Four weeks. Then we left it. I think from here to the end. So I called one of my pastors, Pastor Andre and uh, Brother Papi. I said, I don't want the conference to start with skirt and blouse. I want long dress. So please complete this side by the 24th of February. Andre looked at me. I said, but you know what I'm telling you? <laughs> the yes, Bishop, is possible. I said, good. Then we were having some problems first day, second day, something, something. By the time we started, it was about 10 days with the weekend. By the grace of God, Tuesday, 23rd, they finished something that we used about three weeks to do. They used only about eight to nine days to complete this part. Commitment comes when you have power. Yeah. You don't have power, there's no commitment. If you come and see Brother Papi, as he was welding, he was sleeping. So at around 2 a.m., 1 a.m., they had to stop. There's a neighbor here, the neighbor saw them and said, You people working late, you working late, you working late. I said, You should have told him to shut his mouth. You have a deadline. I want to finish this whole thing here before the conference starts. Papi is welding, his hand is swollen. He's telling me, I said, You said, girl. You said, girl, your hand is only so hot. Keep welding. <laughs> I said, tell your wife to massage and kiss it up and wipe it with her hair. Her long hair that she has. <laughs> By the grace of God, we have completed it. Yeah. And then they got a, they got a big pizza. Yeah. And they're getting money too. Yeah, they get, they're getting money. Yeah. <laughs> Get a nice morning, man. Yeah. yeah. There's no ceiling, there's no ceiling grid, is it? There's nothing, it was empty. Did all of this. The contractor did just this and the sides in the middle in four weeks. And they did this whole side in 10 days. 
From morning to night, Brother Dwight came, Clive came, tic-tac, where's tic-tac? Tic-tac came, some of the guys came, they tried to push it, we finished the thing. Commitment comes from power released through sacrifice. Commitment, you want commitment? Show that you are also committed by sacrificing something. That's why people will be committed. Philippians chapter 3. Yeah, people are committed because of the power released through sacrifice. But what things are gained to me, Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. But what things were gained to me, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for my commitment to Christ. Eight. Yes, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And do count them but dung that I may win Christ. The cross is what has made the apostle committed. Because the cross has released power that nothing else can release. I have people in this church who have been with me for years. Where's E? He's not here. Samantha, where's Samantha? Sam, there's a young lady at the back there. She joined the church in, I think it was October 2005. She's still here. 16 years and counting. Reverend Larry, my main sound engineer who's been transferred to music now, <laughs> has been with me since September 2005. And he's still here. He's grown in the church, married, has a good job, drives a car, wife pregnant with little Cromwell. How long have you been married for forever? Six years. This is their first child in six years. It has never occurred to him that I'm in a church where there is no power. Six years I'm married and I'm getting no child. Let me move to uh, uh, Pastor Andrew, Andrew's church in Babies because she, he got more power. Let me move to uh, some other church because that church, when you go there, miracles happen. No, 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 no. Let me go to Brazilian church because there's more power inside. Sacrifice has made him committed. And the commitment has caused the God's mighty hand to be revealed. It took six years, but God is never late. You want commitment people in your church? Sacrifice. Because that sacrifice will release power. Professor, he used to live in London with his dear wife. 
Holy Virgin Mary, full of grace, please pray for us. <laughs> Mother of God. <laughs> when they joined me in 2007, Mary was pregnant with her, with her second child. When I went to Timiri Airport to pick them up, they came out with Jesus. <laughs> Then another gentleman came from Ghana to join us. He abandoned the ministry and left. Yeah, he's a demon who has forsaken us. Yeah. Reverend here has been through hell and come back. Because Madame Mary was at Heaven's Gate pulling him out of hell. <laughs> he was a salesman with a guy on Regent Street. And the guy gave him a small counter. You can take the counter to your bedroom. Small like that, Chinese counter. You see, there's, there's a small counter. I don't know what we call a counter. It's customized like a, a, a pickup or something, but it's small. It's from this speaker to that speaker. Little! And the man gave it to him and the other pastor to do sales work. So they used to travel all over Sikubu, Batika, London to sell things. One day we came back from church late in the night. We go home Sundays at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. What you are seeing here, it is a lot of sacrifice. I don't go home on a Sunday until it's 1 a.m. I don't go home 12 o'clock on Sunday to be with my family. Family is in the church anyway. What's, what's, what's the family thing? A lot of meetings, a lot of correction, a lot of measurement, a lot of rebuke, a lot of problem solving, all kinds of things on a Sunday. You get the people on a Sunday. So Sunday should be maximized. All the people are working. So if you ask them to come on a Tuesday evening, they can easily give you a scoop. But Sunday, if you say you're a Christian, you must be in the church. I don't, I, I, Sunday I go home, unless we realize that the bridge is closing at 12 to 132. We say, okay, okay. And even that one, we drive like South Dakota to just beat the bridge. So that pastor, I said, I want to meet him. Gee, you should take me to go and see him. Who said that I don't have his spirit because he was casting out the devil and what was revealed because of that he will not come to the conference. I want to meet him. You tell me to my face what a demon told him. Will he listen to a demon or you will listen to <laughs> the Bible? Who is he listening to? The, the, what manifested? Was it God that manifested or was a demon? You can see even the nature of such a pastor. He's already off. I want to meet him. You should tell me to my face what happened. Me, I'm in my corner. I thought I don't have a problem with anybody. Nobody that a pastor has a problem with me because a devil spoke to him. Not even God. Because a kingdom divided against itself shall not stand. They went to work the next day. Monday morning woke up. Babies. 1 a.m. they were coming back. Oh, 10 p.m. they were coming back. And he was sleeping on the road. He was sleeping. As he was driving, when he catch himself, he's sleeping. And the guy sitting next to him, he too was sleeping. 
and they felt that there was an anointing that was carrying them in a cloud. When they got to Victoria Junction, a car was coming from a corner. Perhaps. Reverend was in a cast from his chest down. When they took them to the hospital and I went there, the first thing the owner of the business was asking for is the money they went to collect. Where is it? That was the first thing the businessman asked for. We fought at the hospital. We, we robbed. The, the security had to come in because we wanted to beat that guy. Two precious lives almost was, were lost because of your business. When you came, the money they went to collect, that's the one you are asking for. You are not asking whether they are alive. Oh, George Hospital, we almost disgraced ourselves there. He was in a cast from his chest. And thank God for Holy Mother Mary. <laughs> yeah? He couldn't get up to go to do number one, go to do number two. He was in the room for weeks. Five weeks. He has had about two or three accidents with a vehicle. Well, two. One day I was called. He was driving a taxi. He was a taxi driver. Before he became a professor, he said he was a taxi driver. People have made sacrifices, you know. You live in your own country. You don't pay any price. Let's say you went, you can't stay there. Because you are from Georgetown. I'm from Holland. Always maneuvering to come to town. I should send you to Letham. So, so it will take you 20 hours to come. I should send you to Letham. You won't come to Georgetown. <laughs> this Sunday you are going to Letham. <laughs> I was called. He was in an accident. I went to Georgetown Hospital. The man, I think you lost one uh, tooth. One teeth. A a broken arm. I said, what happened? He said, he thinks he was sleeping. Challenges. I sent him to London. We had a small building in London with a roof. He supervised the teething of the roof. You remember? He supervised the teething of the roof. I think he was sleeping also. He was never, he was sleeping. With a helmet, right? He was supervising the roof. He came for a, 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 a correction meeting. He was hot. He was very hot in the meeting. How can we have a building in London and then you live there and then the roof is gone and you didn't know about it? <laughs> No. You, if only you know the things he has been through. The other day, my the chairman, my 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 immediate supervisor, he 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 is in LA. He came down. Yes, the roof is gone. Hey, is that your head, Rafael? Is that your head? That's your that's your head. That's your head. You and Greg head. Yeah. I know that I took the picture. Christian Borg, we have a small land there. Yeah. 
The roof is gone. And he was preaching, he was, in a, he was around in a town, and the roof is gone. He came for meetings, it wasn't easy for him at all. How can you be there and the church roof is gone and you don't know about it? And why should I keep quiet about that? <laughs> no, I hope you have records of your church, your pastors. I hope you have things to, to show how far you have come. It's very important to take pictures of your development. It's very, very important. One day you can. That why people do that? They do documentaries because they keep records. So if you don't have it, start it. Start taking pictures, events, this, the development of the church, your first building. I have pictures from my first building up to now. Yeah. There's some places you see your head was big or your head was small. Say, hey, Charlie, is that me? Oh. <laughs> yeah, you should take pictures. He has been throughout. So the other day, my, my immediate supervisor I came from uh, Los Angeles with uh, my brother who is in Colombia. He came around to visit. And uh, we went to his church. So he's now in charge of the Georgetown church where I preached for 13 years and I became a bishop. He's the one. He has a nice office. Sometimes I ask him to use the office for some small, small meetings. And he gives me the key and I go there and I sit down. He has that big church right there. It has been through a lot of problems. So my, my, my overseer came and um, I was driving his car. I think he has a black Sierra reader. I was driving that. And so he came with his wife's four-wheel drive also. So I told my supervisor, it's, it's, it's Professor's car I'm driving, and that is his wife's car. He said, hey, Charlie, you have prospered, pa. Prosperity is in Guyana for you. But if you know, he almost died two times. He almost died. Two times. With a roof is three times. <laughs> Sacrifice. It brings commitment. It brings commitment. And as you get committed, you see what God God can do all the things you think He can do. You are just refusing the fight to sacrifice and pay a price. That's what we are refusing. Because the denial of self is difficult for you. You can't deny yourself. Chris, the same thing with you. It's your flesh that is leading you away, not God. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's camaraderie. It is comrades. It's, it's, it's people. It's my classmates. It's my friends. It's my, that is what is leading you. There's no spirit. If there's any spirit, I will tell you what the spirit is saying. And if you abandon your post as a soldier, we'll, we'll, take, we'll court marshal you. You'll go for him. Court marshal. Yeah. We'll, and we'll beat you. We'll lock you up in the barracks. Uh, in a hole. For abandoning your post as, a, as an army officer. Commitment comes because power is released through sacrifice. When I was being consecrated in 2017, February 25th, I went to Ghana for that. Who went with me? T- t- please sit down. Everybody else sit down. Okay. Who went with me? Pastor Calvin bought his own ticket. Sister Everett. They were compatriots. They almost made their train. They thought they were, they were sitting in bus 42 to Tismiri. They almost missed their flight. He said, if it was with me. Sister Charlene, 
one of my uh, uh, favorite church members at the back there, she was with me. Who else? Aina. Is Aina here? Aina, sister Aina at the back. Aina, Aina used to work for me. I used to have a Western Union business. And I closed it down because God said, I didn't send you here for business. So he brought two thieves with guns to the place. And then my wife said, man, me like them thing, man. I said, all right. God brought thieves to the Western Union to tell me that I should shut down the business. He didn't bring me here for business. And I shut it down. Aina was the one who used to control the Western Union and Bell Express on Lamaha Street in Georgetown. She went to Ghana with me. Who paid your ticket? I, I paid my ticket. You sure church didn't buy your ticket? No, no, no church didn't buy You bought your ticket? No, I bought my ticket. I bought my ticket. Wow. When you went to Ghana, he was hosted in a hotel. He was, he was the only guy, so we couldn't put him in a room with the girls. So he got the hotel room. He had a servant who would bring him food and wash his clothes. He, he said, Bishop, can I take him with me to Guyana? <laughs> I said, Mark, you can't do that. <laughs> he enjoyed himself. And look at the ladies. They went to Ghana. When I was on stage and prophet introduced me, they were shouting. They paid $2,000 plus ticket to go to Ghana without me contributing a dollar. It's power. Our church people, when they are going, so we, 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 we invited a church to come. The pastor said, the treasurer, they went for the registration. He said, the treasurer is not there. So when the person came, they said, Bishop, I was wondering whether it's the church money they are using for the registration. It's possible. That when you are coming for a conference, it's your church offering you are going into to register for a conference that will benefit you. Well, maybe if you have that constitution, you can do that. But if everybody from your church is going somewhere and you're going to pay money for them, you can't have a church building. So if you put your monies together, it was over one million, whatever, plus. Plus the money for shopping. Mr. Charlie went to a bag shop at JFK, isn't it? And her cousin told us we went to shop for bags. <laughs> yes, yes, she was shopping. She was shopping. <laughs> I think she was looking for makeup as well, too. Ah, nice. Evo, nice. Nice. I didn't pay anything for them. They wanted to come and be with me and support me. And they paid for their ticket to come. I just ensured they have a place to stay. That's all. So Charlene was, I think, in the same house with Ivo. When they wake up, we tell Ivo to, to dress the bed, to make up the bed. <laughs> <laughs> they became best friends since then. <laughs> I should make this up. Let's make the bed. <laughs> I'm sure next time when I go, they will come with me too. The next thing that power does, power makes people follow you. When you sacrifice and power is released, people will follow you. When people invite me to come to their program, like anniversary and all of that, I don't go. They say, oh, you, come, you can come with your church members. I tell myself, 
that man of God doesn't understand what he's telling me in the letter. Because if I take my church members to the anniversary, there will not be space enough in the church. Because once I say, let us go to this anniversary, almost everybody in the church will follow me. And so when you're inviting me to the anniversary, please be careful how you write it. <laughs> because the, the food you are even going to provide, you have to order a double amount of it. Because my pastors, my church members, they want to go everywhere I'm going. Yeah. My last trip before the pandemic was in uh, um, um, Bahamas. And there were two ladies, Sister Charlene and Sister Marilyn. I don't know, they, they made an agreement among themselves that anywhere Bishop is going, they will, they will follow him. So I actually came from Ghana, and, on my way from Ghana, uh, JFK, and then I went to Bahamas. They bought their ticket and they came to Bahamas. Bought their ticket, arranged their hotel, everything. When I got there, they were, they, 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 they were in Bahamas. I said, wow. We had a nice time. We went for a walk, went to the mall. We went to do some shopping, look around. Yeah! Went to the restaurant, took some selfies. I have some pictures with them, selfies, because we were in Bahamas together. At that time, it was Trinidad. Trinidad is not far. That's just around the corner. So everybody should be able to come to Trinidad. Just 55 minutes. They came with me to a camp in Trinidad. And then we went to the restaurant to eat. So at a car park, I took a picture with them. And I held them and I lifted myself like that. So you see the picture. I'm up and I'm holding their necks like that. <laughs> they bought their tickets and they came with me. You see, two big women in the church. They left their home, left their husband, left their children, left their jobs, and they followed me to a... I didn't ask them to come. I have one of our pastors from Trinidad right here. She came because of... She came. She said, Bishop, I, I want to come. I said, come. One of our pastors from the church in Trinidad, Lady Pastor Kedisha Joseph, came from Trinidad and Tobago. He said, Bishop, I want to come. I said, I, I'm not buying your ticket, you know. He said, no, don't worry. She came. Got married the other day. Nice husband. I don't know why you didn't bring Troy. You should have sex in Guyana. It's beautiful. <laughs> Guyanese sex is nice. <laughs> you can ask Madame Mary. She'll tell you. <laughs> Kim, get me here. Yeah. He's going back Monday. Easy. So Bishop, I want to come for the conference. And Many of them would have loved to come because when I was speaking to the reverend in charge, he said, Bishop. I said, but you, you didn't come, Miss Kedisha. Okay, he said, Bishop, he's, she's representing all of us, you know. I said, okay. He said, he said, Bishop, you know, next week is camp. They're having a kind of a camp that, I, that I'm, they're hosting me. I'm, 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 I'm speaking there. So he said, Bishop, if I come, the camp organization, so, so we, we, we had to let her come to represent us so we can prepare the way for you when you come to Trinidad. I said, okay, you have, a, you have a point there. You have a point there. <laughs> so she's representing the churches in Trinidad and Tobago. After church, speak to her. She sings when she's speaking. She sings. Trinidadian twang. Bless you, Kinesha. Kinesha has been in the church since she was a baby. She was a little girl. Yeah. We started the church in Trinidad in 2003. Two years later, we came here. She was a little girl in the church. 
She has grown in a church. She's now one of our pastors. Faithful. Faithful. Yeah. She used to work at Republic Bank. And she asked me one day that she, she wants to do business. What do I think? She wants to leave and do business. I said, do business. You leave. Rep- I don't like Republic Bank. Leave and do business. <laughs> hey. The last time I was in Trinidad, she said, she said, Bishop, I'm glad for the guidance. She says, what I make in a republic in a month, I can make in a day. Yeah. 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 If you work at Republic, I'm talking to you. (laughs) Thank you, Kirisha. Yeah. Sacrifice will release power to make people follow. If you don't have any followers, it's because there is no sacrifice and therefore there's no power. Yeah. Like I'm saying, if you invite me to your church and say, Bishop, please feel free to bring people, you'll be be surprised. We'll disturb your car park, we'll disturb your chairs, we'll disturb your washroom, and we'll give you a money bill, a food bill. Ah, I, I give myself. I, I have to tell. I have to tell some people. Nobody should come. When I'm doing outreaches, I outreach in London. I'm there. I'm preaching, and I see them walking in like that. I go with about eight or nine people. I think, yeah, eight about eight or nine people. Then when I'm preaching the first, you see them. They are walking in like that. I said, where, where do these people come from? Where are they coming from? They come and be with me. They are there with me doing the outreach. I took nine people to let them. Going to let them back and forth is 30,000. If you go by road. I know, Pastor Neville, I don't know, you, you, you went by air. I frightened the plane. I want the road. <laughs> air is even more expensive. So he's a rich pastor. <laughs> I went by road. 30,000 per, per head. So it's 300,000 to go and come. How many people do you, do you bring from Letham? Five and then the three of you. 30,000 by eight. 240,000. How many people? Five and then eight of you. Three of us, eight. So eight times 30,000. 240,000. Just in transportation. No accommodation, no meals, no registration. It does not come in. I went to Letham with 10 people. 300,000. Hotel bill, accommodation, food. When I was preaching in Letham, I was telling the pastors, I said, you see, if you don't, if you are not going to receive what I'm saying, don't criticize me. Because you didn't bring me here. You didn't pay a dime for me to be here. I brought 10 people, it's 300,000. You are not paying any of the bill. So before you criticize me for what I'm saying, if you don't like it, you should assess, analyze who is talking. And even the 10 people is because I said 10. Otherwise, a whole, three buses or four buses will follow me. And I don't want the whole church to follow me like that. Am I saying something? It's because of the price we have paid. My first place I lived was on Virginugin on the East Bank. Executable. I was living in a zinc house in Virgin Ocean. Zinc house. I think one thing that I was blessed about was that I think 
before I landed into the country, they brought the toilet inside. In the zinc house. So I would have, coming from, from Holland, in a white man's country, living in a two-story house of five bedrooms, I would have come to go and shit and shine. So God was good to me. God was good to me. They had just brought the, the toilet inside. Divine timing. God said, My son can't handle S and S. So bring the toilet inside. <laughs> So I was staying in a small zinc house in the middle of a, a farm like that. So when the, my hostess picked me up from the airport, we were going, we were never arriving from Timiri to Virgin Ocean, if you don't know the country. Had a nice bed with a white sheet and mosquito lash. Bought me a gas bottle, tabletop stove, a plate, a spoon, a cup fork a knife and a five gallon water and then the washroom toilet and bathroom put me there and she said bye bye we got to Virginia around seven o'clock when she left I was wondering where I am Now, something that I almost cried. The friend she was with asked her, Oh, are you leaving him here alone? I overheard my hostess tell him, her that, Yes, he says he's a missionary. <laughs> Missionaries stay in the bush, they stay in the forest, they don't care. Yes, yeah. 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 This is why I lived when I came to Guyana. So this was after many years when I went back to take a picture. When I went, somebody is renting the place. Yeah. That was my that was my, my bedroom was here. I used to that's my room. Yeah. It's nice we have pictures, isn't it? Virgin Ujian, right at the corner of the bullshit, you turn right. You go, the Salvation Army is on the left. If you go a little, you turn right. I'm sure Pastor Neville knows these places. He, he's a, he knows everywhere in Guyana. <laughs> you turn right, you go, you see the house. That's it. Wow. That's my, my yeah, man, I'm excited. Yeah. I went back after a few years to just record where I came. Yeah, that's my bedroom. That's the toilet. You know how I'm laughing? When I said, okay, let me go and bath. I went to the washroom. Crapo, crapo all over the place. 
I said, me bathing tonight. I can't bathing tonight. <laughs> when you see what is behind me now, it, has, it came from somewhere. 2005. 2005. 2005. <laughs> Jack, are you surprised? 2005. That's where I came from. From Holland. Two-story building, five bedrooms. Manager driving a Peugeot 406 then. Dutch passport, speak fluent Dutch. I don't need anything to hear. Because I said, I believe in Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, what kind of Jesus Christ brings you to I mean, I'm a missionary. Hey, I almost, tears almost came out. I said, ooh. So is it possible that there's a, another option somewhere that they should have taken it? There was. He said, he, he says he's a missionary. I was afraid. So the Krapow story is what first night I was afraid. So I bought, I transited to GFK, so I bought a, a small music player because I heard that Guyana is 110. So I and I took it. So in all the fear, because I don't know where I was. I arrived in the night. Are there thieves here? Is somebody coming for me? Am I going to die? I, the first night was a depressing night. So I plucked my small music player to play some gospel to feel nice. Not knowing it was 220. So I plugged in my 110 thing. Satan said, today you will not get any encouragement. <laughs> come here. I said, okay, let me go and bathe and sleep. Bathroom, demonic frogs. <laughs> like in Egypt. I said, ah, ah. No bathing today. I went to lie down. Then because it was zinc, it wasn't, it's not, it's not far from the, 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 the coast. Yeah, that's Eskubo River. So the breeze is strong. So every short time you hear the zinc, pa, 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 pa. I said, who's there? Who's that? <laughs> hey, you are laughing at me. You are laughing at me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a very tormentful night. The next morning, my, the, the, the people, they kind of asked to watch over me. They are related. They brought egg for me. I've never seen egg fried like that before. I look at the egg. I said, the blood of Jesus. <laughs> I said, no way. So the guy who brought the egg went back. I looked left, looked right, and I shied to the window. Yeah, I couldn't eat it. So five minutes later he came. He said, pastor, you eat fast. You finish it. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay, you see, are they hungry, man? <laughs> Followers come through sacrifice, which brings power. Yeah, and you see that people will be jealous. People are jealous. People are jealous of Jesus. 
He said, look at him. A lot of people are following him. They are saying, Rabbi, they, are saying, they, they were very jealous and envious. Like people are jealous and envious of this conference. No, I have people I have related with over the years who don't talk to me again and I don't know why. I'm just guessing what, I, what must have happened. I mean, I've known Pastor Neville since I came to Guyana. He started with um, uh, I, uh, InterVarsity, Inter-Christian Fellowship, was selling books in the Charles, Work and Rust. Work and Rust, yeah. Somewhere, somewhere Matthews was there, yeah. That's when I went to supply him with some of Prophet's books. And that's how I met him. I've known him all these years. And I don't, I don't feel like I've known him and I, I get resistance from him. He's here today for the conference. I've known people later who don't say anything to me. I, I don't know why. Are they jealous that I have followers? Yeah. I put my face on Facebook that I'm having a conference. Why don't you also have your conference? Why are you susu for me? for me. You do have a conference. Put your face on Facebook. Watch people saw. Take a picture. Write. Invite people if you want. Don't support me. Don't envy me. Because I came from whatever you may call prosperity to do ministry here. I have to take the ministry to the highest possible level I can. Highest possible level I can. I didn't come here to joke. I'm not here to joke. I'm not a joker. I didn't leave what people are going for in Europe to come here and just there. No way. My coming here must be worth it. And at the end of the day, I should look back and say, you know what? I left. Ladies and gentlemen, Ghanaians don't leave Europe to come to a place like Guyana. Those who have been to Ghana and who knows our church very well, they will tell you. Ghanaians go to where there is money, not where there is no money. It's now that because of the oil, I can hear some Ghanaians. You're probably going to get a visitor uh, very soon. He's coming from Ghana. He does some oil business. He's a bishop. He, he's the one. He's married to a Guyanese. It is that Guyanese lady who connected me to my home. For all the years I've been here since 2005, he says he's been coming. You, I'm coming. Oh, bishop, I'm coming. It's now that he's coming because of oil. You want to see what business he can do. Which is good. But now that some people are coming here. When we were coming here, there was nothing. I came immediately after the flood of 2005. And I came, I was taken to the East Coast, and I could see the mark of the flood on people's fences like that. I said, I can't believe it. Wow. I can't believe it. Sacrifice, let power be released. And like Jesus, Jesus has a lot of followers. There are millions, if not billions, of Christians in the whole world. Why? Because somebody was crucified on the cross one day. And he said, if you believe in me, you will not perish. That message has reverberated all over the globe. That there are billions of followers with which Muhammad is trying to do, but he didn't do any sacrifice. Muhammad never sacrificed his life. Buddha never sacrificed his life. There's nobody in any religion who is the, the author of the faith who sacrificed himself but Jesus Christ, the Passover lamb, the lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. And no matter what they do, 
You see, I am not impressed with people like Mohammed on Lombard Street with guns and business and, and giving the president a, what, a, a Ford Raptor double, a double cabin. All those things are human things. The weapons of our warfare. But because people are human and they are limited to sight and, and, and feeling and all of that, when you see these things, they are impressed. We have things that you can't see. As you can see, Jesus has the most followers. And just as people have died for Jesus, they also try to die for Muhammad, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Somehow, when you suffer, power is released. And it makes people follow you. Today, if the picture has not come, you don't even know where I slept. Nelly, you don't even know that I went to a place like that. By the grace of God, I'm building my house. Yeah, when I finish, I'll take you there. I, I said I am going to do a swimming pool. You be jealous. Oh, the bishop got house and jump. Swimming pool is just another septic tank. That water is inside. So you dig one and you keep something inside. I'll dig two. I'll keep something in one and I'll put clean water in one and bait. So just as you do the septic, please let them do another one for you for swimming pool. Don't jealous the bishop say, oh look, all them people there is come to Guyana and look at the house and swimming pool. I beg you. Don't be... Uh, uh, uh. This is my humble beginnings. From here I moved to Eccles. B.B. Eccles. I was living on the top floor. You should have that picture. Do we have that somewhere? We don't have that? I'll take you there to take a picture. Top floor. Whenever we're in the house, the next door neighbor will be burning garbage and the smoke comes into the house. The front, the neighbor on the front side have big boxes on the, on, the, on the veranda. When you feel nice, he turn the music up. So garbage smoke coming from here in front is boom, boom music. I said, Lord Jesus, I didn't come here to suffer like this. <laughs> I moved out. When I was there, I didn't have a vehicle. I had two little girls to take them to school in Prashad Nagar, New Guyana School. When you see New Guyana School in Houston today, it started from Breakdown and then Prashad Nagar and then even Bel Air Park. I'll take the two girls. Mommy will go to work because we don't have a vehicle. You have two girls. I also had two girls, you know. I, I, I didn't run back to Holland to, to do some things and come back home. In the mornings, the rush hour, that's when they were even trying to um, reconstruct the East Bank uh, dual carrier. So the place was very nasty. So I walked from the back of Eccles to the public road to catch a bus with my two girls. And I take them to we go to uh, the park. I think, kitty, 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 come, kitty, come, kitty, come, kitty, come. To Sherry Street. And I stop and I walk into Prashad Nagar. And I drop them. The little one is nursery, so by 12 o'clock she has to leave school. So by the time I get back to Eccles, it's time to go back and pick her up. 
So when I go and I'm bringing them, and I think the older alloys will be three. So sometimes I wait 12, 130, 130, and I go so that I can gather, gather the two. Then I catch a bus again from Sherry Street. I walk with them to Sherry Street. And the little one is always sleeping, so I have to carry the little one and try and drag the, the older one with me. We jump to a kitty, kitty, kitty bus. And we go to the park and wait for Eccles' bus. And then we get to the traffic light at Eccles. Both of them will be sleeping. So I had to wake the, the old, bigger one up. Lois was about three, three years old, so about five years. 1995, 1999, she was five years. So I wake her up. I said, wake up, walk. The TT is little, so you can't let her. So I hold her and I pull Lois along from the Eccles traffic light to the back. I stood Monday to Friday. No vehicle. Yeah. Photobike. Photobike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did that. Then one day I got, a, I got a call from Ghana that my father says I should look for a vehicle. That was May. Was it May? Somewhere May, April, May, June. Vehicle. My, my dream vehicle was a, a, a Marino. Marino. was my dream vehicle. When I saw it, I said, man, that's a fancy car, man. A fancy car. I wanted a Marino. And serious. When I started the Marino, I said, my head was almost touching the roof. I said, oh. I like the car, but the thing is tight, tight. So I bought a Mitsubishi Lancer. With all the spoilers around it. First time I took it to town, I went to hit something and the bumper came down. I don't even know anybody in Guyana. I don't know a mechanic shop. I don't know where to go. Bumper, because the, 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 the fence was so low. I think I parked and I went close to a, a stone or something. And it, it fancy car for just about two days old. I bought it from Kenrick right there. At uh, Carrick Auto Sales at Eccles, right there. And then, as I was driving, I said, Man, I, 212 was one of my dream vehicles, too. From Moreno, I wanted a 212. Those days, 212 was the, I mean, it was the main vehicle, 2005, 6, 212. I said, Lord, if only I can, you know, get a 212. Gradually, gradually. Then one day, uh, my, one of my senior bishops came around for a meeting in 2009 and um, I don't know what he saw but when I went to his room and I was just trying to take his bag to walk out with him he said um, the father says I should look for a four wheel drive and let him know how much he'll buy it for me I froze I froze <laughs> I said what? four wheel drive? me? Here, I have a Lancer. It's working. Then confusion started because I don't know which one to choose. I didn't like a RAV4. I didn't like CRV. I didn't like X-Trail. And that was the only type of four-wheel drive around those days. And I saw the Republic Band, they used to have this Suzuki Vitara. It was very rare. I said, I like that one. I was going to Suriname. To see if I could get it there. 
Then my overseer called me and said, he said, Collins, how? I said, by the grace. He said, what's happening? I said, I'm looking. He said, brother, the money is not there forever. He said, go to a car shop. Choose one. Let me send you the money. You pass money. You take keys. You go along your way. Don't do no magic and no maneuvering. Like a a superman. Go take it, pay and out. I went to Trans-Pacific on the East Coast. I saw this Twitter picnic. Seven-seater. And I called one of my pastors who had been here before. He said, oh yeah, I think that when I come, you are carrying people all the time. When you close from church, you're carrying people, dropping people. and all that. So buy the seven-seater. I think it will help you. Rather than the four-wheel drive, which you are not going to no mountain or no hill. No four-wheel drive is necessary. I said, that's also a wise counsel. And I bought a Toyota picnic. I drove for years and I gave it to mommy. And I bought a CRV. The rest I won't tell you. <laughs> it's in the chronicles of, of the book of the kings of Israel. <laughs> so if you see the following, if you see most of the people here are from the church that we started many years ago. It has come because of the little sacrifice, even if you want to call it sacrifice. Because it's a reasonable service. Bible says we should offer ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Because when somebody dies for you and you have to travel for the person, it's incomparable. It's the least you can do for Jesus Christ. Number three, and we're closing for lunch. I, I can see that you're hungry. Tasha, I can see you, you're hungry. <laughs> Tonight we have two men of God who are also going to share something from their heart to us. Hallelujah. Yeah. So maybe just like we did yesterday, instead of the three sessions, we'll do a break. Um, We'll come back. We'll do the second session. A little quick 15-minute interlude and then the evening is on. So that when we close like yesterday, we go. If you have to close and come back in the evening, I know you're going to go home. You know, the border is closed. The Russians are here, so the borders are closed. Is that, uh, Putin is invading Ukraine? It's something else. The third power released through sacrifice is the power to convince people. The power to convince people. power to convince people. Now, when you're a minister, you need to be able to convince people. Hallelujah. Let me share this, my testimony with you. One day, I was preaching, when I was, I was pastoring the church in Isla Penitence. I was preaching, I was praying for people, and we had a white man who was a church member then. Tony, of blessed memory. 70-year-old man. He's British. Doesn't have anything about believing God. But his wife used to encourage him to come around. One day he said he was standing and I was praying for people and he didn't know why he was falling so he had to hold the chair. (laughs) I was on stage ministering. I I think I was receiving an offering then. Then he came. 
He whispered into my ear something that I didn't even remember what he said. It was in January. End of the month, um, G, Gerald, the young pastor here, is, is his, was his brother-in-law. So he came to the office with a fat envelope. I'm sharing testimonies with you. Fat envelope. So he came and he said, Tony says this is what he promised you about. So I said, Whoa. he promised me about something? I said, oh, I remember I was ministering and he came and he whispered to me, just like, you know, last night somebody came to whisper to me about some money again. He came and he whispered to me. I didn't, I didn't even hear what he said. He said, oh, he says he's going to give you 100000 every month for six months. That is on top of my salary, which is not a bad salary at all. I'm, I'm, I'm content with what Lighthouse gives me. That's mommy going. I bought a car for her. <laughs> and she still doesn't come early. <laughs> I have to buy her an aeroplane. <laughs> so she can come early. <laughs> A private jet. <laughs> because she needs something more faster than this one. <laughs> so every month, after my salary, which is very nice. After one, 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 seed sowing, you know, I want to bless you. Uh, I get a hundred thousand also. For six months. When June ended, I was in my house on a Monday. A lady called me. He said, Bishop, I have to see you today. I said, today is Monday. It's holiday. He said, Bishop, I must see you today. I said, what, what this woman got? You want to see me? You want to see me today? What should I put? And I knew that, you know, I knew where she works. So I said, okay. Where, where will you be coming from? He said, oh, I'll be coming from work. He said, all right. So you pass, pass the house when you close from work and then I'll, I'll, I'll speak to you. I was there a little after six. I saw a car parked in front of my, 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 my house. The lady gets out of the car. So I go downstairs. I said, me one, because Monday I rested, me one see she. So I went to the gate. I didn't even open the gate. She was on the other side and I was inside. And I said, lady, what can I do for you? You won't see me, you won't see me. She, her hands were behind her back behind her like that. And she released her hands and she had a, an envelope. He said, Bishop, this is for you. The Holy Spirit says, I should give you this. And I'm going to do this until December. When I went home and I opened it, it was like a card, birthday card. When I opened it, it was 100,000 inside. So that particular year, I think it was maybe 2000, 17 or 18, 16, somewhere there. From January to December, God gave me extra income of bonus of 100,000 every month for the whole year. (laughs) That's why I'm saying that you have to leave everything you are doing and come full time. 
everything. Many pastors are too busy. We don't see to want to sacrifice and spend time with the church. And I'm not talking about spending time with the church and you have a Western Union business like I had. The only thing you do is church. We move is church. That is the sacrifice that many pastors have to make. It's time you leave your GPL job. It's time you leave your GRA job. It's time you leave the jobs that you're doing and settle in the ministry if that is what you believe God has called you to do for the rest of your life. He will take care of you. 100,000 by 12. That's 1.2 million. Free one year. Tax free. Pay as you don't earn. Or don't pay as you earn. I didn't know he had a plan like that for me. One day somebody came to my office and gave me an envelope. When I opened it, it was money. Then the Lord spoke to me. He said, it is not for you. You see that, that person? Give the envelope to the person. I, I, I gave it to you so you can pass it on to the right person. I said, oh Lord, I see Granger's in this envelope. <laughs> I called the person after church. I said, God bless you don't believe God, man of God? You don't believe Jesus? You don't have to do any business for money if you believe God has called you into full time. He will take care of you. I came to Guyana a full time pastor already. There was a season where my income was shaky. That season, my father again said, if you can't pay yourself, pack your bags and come back to Ghana. I said, no, 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 no. no. I am not a failure. God has not brought me this far to leave me. I will take a little salary and drive taxi with my Mr. Bishi Lanza and make up. A sacrifice. I said, but I won't drive taxi weekend and not after six. Because I know people who call me after six, they'll take me to a place where I have to speak in tongues. I said, I'm not going to allow anybody to call me Saturday night and say, taxi, you could come pick me up. I'm going to Club 704. What do I tell such a customer that tomorrow morning is Sunday, come to church? You are taking me to the club, you're telling me I should come to church. You are not serious. So I don't work on weekends. I don't work after six. Then in the morning, I have to take my wife to work. I have to drop my two girls in, at school. By the time I drop them and come, the rush period is gone. I used to work in Albert Town. My number was 25. I had a radio. They would call me 2525 to base. 25 to base. I said, Bill, 25 to base. Base to 25. You may not understand what I'm saying because you don't know how a man of God in my context cannot be a taxi driver. You don't understand that. that that's a gap you and I have. Where I come from in Ghana, a man of God does not drive a taxi. The church and God takes care of people. You don't think of driving a taxi. If you drive a taxi, you're a man of God. People will even laugh at you. What kind of God do you have that you, you have a God and you are driving a taxi? Your God is a bad God. Where I come from, full time is full time. Nothing else. And that's what it is in the Bible also. I had to drive a taxi. One day, I was called to pick up an older man, 70-year-old, on Church Street. He said he was going to the East Coast. I went. I had my cross 
on my driving mirror. I went parked in front of the house. Big man from America. He's on holiday. Come to sit in my car. He said he's going to black as black as black as black as he's going to black as I took him. He saw my cross. He asked me whether I'm superstitious. I said, no, no, I'm a Christian. He said, oh, okay. Then he kept quiet. Then he directed me to the house where we were going. I stopped. He said, hold on. I'm, I'm picking. Somebody's coming to join us. I said, okay. So I was there waiting. Then a lady comes out of the house. She looked like a junkie. Tell you. Then this big old man, 70 years old, tells me what she's going, he's going to do with her. I couldn't believe that I was a taxi driver and this man is talking to me. I couldn't believe my ears. Big man, 70 years. He told me, he told me his age. 70 years, 70. He came from holidays from America. I don't know, this is a dangle or somebody. The girl looks like a junkie. So he says, East Coast. I said, no problem. Where? He said, you go, I'll show you. We, he said, you see that, that, house, that building there? That was my first time in that compound. It's a long hotel. When you go in, you drive all the way to Alpha. You know the place. Okay, Alpha. She needs that. Why are you? That was crazy. Okay. Alpha. Just right to the back end. I left that. When I dropped the man and the girl, I got depressed. I called the base. I said, base, I'm taking the rest of the day off. I said to myself, how can a man who God has brought here to win souls take an old man to F-U-C-K a junkie? I said, that is not my portion in the name of Jesus. So I began to feel that, you know what? I have to believe God and stop this maneuvering and these things I'm trying to do. It's like, it's like God is so poor that the small money I'm even getting from the church, that is not enough as my salary. He can't take care of me, so let me do my own thing to add up. I picked three girls on David Street, close to Sheriff Street. One Indian girl and two black girls. The Indian girl jumped to the front seat. And the two black girls sat at the back. When the girl sat down, she turned to face me like that. And she shook her head. About 15 years old. I look at her face. And she turned, touched my radio, and increased the volume of the music I was playing. Then it was Donnie McClocking. We fall down. Then, we, then she straightened herself, and she started looking straight. It increased the burden on me to stop all those. I said, so if I was a bad man, that is how, that, you see, that's when you see how taxi drivers suffer from temptation. So what was she trying to do? Oh, I beg not like me. What were you trying to do? You, you turn and you shake your long straight hair. I don't even know whether you're from a, a, a Hindu house with demons coming to my taxi. If I was somebody else, I could say, oh, get all going on. Give me your number. Then as I was going, she said, driver, please, can you use it? Can you, can you step on it? 
I said, who has come to sit in my taxi today? Little girl, 15 years old. I can I, I will average. Eh? And he said, my friends will get down here. I am going to Starbrook. So stop here. So all of that, I said, why, why am I why am I allowing myself to be, I mean, to be treated like a doormat for some little money? I stopped. I said, no more taxi. I don't. I can comfortably tell you, one year, 1.2 million in $100,000 every month. Who told you God can't take care of you? It's not 10,000, Ned. Ned, God can take care of you. You don't want to sacrifice. That's why. We try to help ourselves because it's very difficult to leave the things that we are holding on because you say, what, what will happen to me? I got wife and children. I got pay school fee. Drusilla is need baby milk. You need pampas. But when you sacrifice, you will now begin to have power to be able to convince people. If you can't convince people, your ministry cannot go far. Jesus appeared to the disciples as I close. He came to convince Thomas with the power he received by sacrificing himself. He said, he wanted to convince you, come and see. Come see. See. This is the sacrifice. This is the sacrifice. I'm here. I died. I'm alive. This is the mark. Are you convinced? Will you die for me? Will you follow me? But Thomas said, forgive me, Lord. From then, Thomas sat up for the rest of his life. Sacrifice releases power. Man of God, don't be afraid. God needs a lot of you. You see, Guyana doesn't have a lot of full-time pastors, so God wants more. Because without giving him time, he can't do with you and your ministry what he wants to do with you and your ministry. Because you have a business. You have this, you have this attack. So it's difficult to, to always be absent from your job. Give Jesus a big hand clap. Hallelujah. God bless you. We believe you have been blessed by the powerful teaching of God's word. For booking and more information on the ministry of Bishop Collins, please call us on 592-225-6760 or email us at shepherdhousegy at gmail.com. You can also log on to www.shepherdhouseinternational.org. God richly bless you.